Hello everyone, John here, and welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn. Fear, Man versus Nature. The Tourism Industry, Class Struggle, Science versus Assumption, Academia versus Labor. These are but a few themes examined in 1975's Jaws, directed by Steven Spielberg. This is the first blockbuster. Who doesn't know this theme? It's a definitive summer film staple. I actually had this movie poster on my wall growing up as a kid, and it remains today as one of my absolute favorites. I was honored to have my great buddy, also named John, on here to carve into this episode. But before we get started, please find me on Instagram and Twitter at BSP Film Podcast. Also, swing by Facebook and give us some love there if that's more your kind of platform. I'd love to hear from you guys, and we have a lot more in store for you all coming up really soon. So stick around and check for updates, but let's get to why you're here. Finish your bottle of red wine or white, put on your wetsuit, hop in your anti-shark cage, and let's go below and talk Jaws. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. They caught a shark, not the shark. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Wake up. We're tonight's entertainment. This is some serious gourmet. Shoot! I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I lose you. You gotta do something or just stand there and bleed. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Here's Johnny! Hey guys, it's John. I have uh, my good buddy John here. Hello, John. Hi, John. And we're gonna we're gonna talk one of our favorite movies. This is one of my favorite movies. I'm sure. I assume it's to one of your favorites as well. Kind sir. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Of course, we're talking about Jaws, and not Piranha. <laughs> have you ever seen Piranha? Piranha 3D. <laughs> Oh, yes. Not the old school <laughs> no. 1981 or whatever it was. It was. Honestly, no. I've only seen Parada 3D. Don't, not, don't, don't watch it. Not worth it. It's, let me tell you how much not worth it it is. It's so bad. Is this a family-friendly show? Of course. It, it, it's, it's a whoever wants to listen to the podcast about film reviews and knows what they're getting into kind of show. So feel free to say, you know, at your leisure what you'd like. Okay. I, I should have prefaced with the. It comes with a parental advisory sticker. Thank you. On That's front, what I wanted to know. On the front on the CD case. That's what I wanted to know. Hey, all twenty-two of my listeners will be very appreciative. You asked that question. Mm-hmm. You know. So okay. Twenty-two. <laughs> That's what we're up to. I don't know. Bravo. I don't, I don't tell you my metrics. Well done. I just. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, cast them out to the void of the internets. Mm-hmm. And whoever listens, hey, man, I appreciate you guys. You guys are great. So, Jaws, so uh, this is Steven Spielberg's second big, big, big boy movie. Yes, big, it is. You know, he started off with uh, Old Sugarland mm-hmm. Express, which I've seen once. I honestly haven't seen it. 
I, I haven't seen it. You know, either. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but I'm saying I don't remember it either. Mm-hmm. Or instead, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so he gets he gets the right to the rights to make Jaws, or rather, Universal Pictures does, and they hire a young, 27 years old, Mr. Spielberg was when he made this movie. And uh, I, you see the documentary. Um, I think it came with one of the DVD specials about. Yeah, like an hour. I saw it a long time ago. Like it's how, like an hour long. And how frustrating it was for him to make this movie. And yes. He almost never. He almost quit a couple times. It's like and, a kid, basically. Like, yeah, like he, yeah. Super young. I'm, he's, he's dealing with some some big some big guns in the acting department. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, Robert Shaw, Roy Scheider, and young little. The up and coming Richard. Dreyfuss. Up and coming. Yeah, he was he was making his way for sure. So, something that stands out to me though in this movie that I think it stands out for most people, even people who haven't seen this film, is is the score. You know, the score just jumps right out. It's so simple. It's just it's two notes on the piano. It's E and it's F. Do 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 do, mm-hmm. and it just builds and it's building and building and. Oh yeah. It's so dread dreadful. <laughs> It's like one of the most recognizable things, like music-wise, and it's so simple because it makes it so much, so very recognizable. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of uh, not a lot of learning needs to happen yeah. when you listen to the score. Even if you don't remember the movie or haven't even seen it, you know what it's from. Yeah, you know it's from Jaws. So I remember um, when I was a kid. Um, before I, my family moved us to Florida. Um, I remember, um, there's my cat making some noise. Oh, he's probably, I think he's in, using the litter box. Uh. I have a cat, people. He uses the bathroom sometimes. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. But, um, when I was a kid, we would go to Ocean City, Maryland. And, like, we always, that, like, required viewing was always watching Jaws. Because we were on the, on the, you know, on the beach. We were on vacation. So naturally, you want to terrify an eight-year-old by showing him another eight-year-old on a little yellow raft getting ripped apart by a big giant shark. It's just mm-hmm. it's wholesome family entertainment <clears throat> at its finest. Made me terrified of pools when I was a kid. That's <laughs> like a swimming pool. You think a shark's going to be in there? No, no. <laughs> Not going in that pool at night. That's for sure. That's for sure. Mm-mm. So speaking of that, mm-hmm. um, speaking that's, that's where we start. We start at night. That's right. Opening of the movie, nighttime. Oh, oh, Chrissy Watkins is that? Chrissy Watkins. Chrissy that's Watkins. Right. That's right. And what are they doing? They're all getting bunch of hippies. Bunch of hippies getting drunk and having a good time on the beach, smoking on the beach, Smoke. drinking on the beach, and you know, just having a good old time. And then she's like, "I, I, I should go swimming." It's, Feels it's the need. Feels the need for swimming. What's your name again? Chrissy. Where are we going? Swimming. Drunk? Slow down! Wait, I'm coming! I'm coming! I'm definitely coming! Whoa! Hold up! What? I feel like that'd be really cold. Regardless of if it's summertime or not, it, it, it's cold in the in New daytime. York. They're yeah. in New York, right? They're in no, they're in Amity. 
which is a fictional. My cat's got the zoomies. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, cat. Um, no, they're in the Amity Island, which is. I, I know it's supposed it, to be it, New York, though. No, Chief Birdie comes from New York City to Amity, and, they're, and they shot it on Martha's Vineyard, which is in Massachusetts. Okay, so it's in Massachusetts. Then. So okay. I, I assume that's where Amity is. I don't know if they ever said it. Where Amity was. I like, just thought it was a different part of New York. What jurisdiction Amity Island. Okay. You know, who, who is Amity's governor? Who do they report to? I don't know. That's information I don't have. No idea. But uh, so Christy goes out for a dip, mm-hmm. leaves her, her would be pursuer boyfriend type guy on the, uh, on the, on the beach to. Because he drunk. can't get his pants off. He can't get it up. <laughs> I mean, off. <laughs> he can't get his clothes off to go. Meet her out in the water. Which I'm sure is, it's a little bit of both, but ultimately, I think this is for his benefit. Because, yep. unlike him, she suffers a fate that uh, really bites. Which is it's terrifying, like watching her. Like uh, if you compare all the other deaths in the movie, besides you know Mr. Robert Shaw, hers is like the scariest because she's screaming and it's terrifying, getting dragged around in the water. Good lord! And she, yeah, she gets. Slammed into the buoy, starts mm-hmm. like praying, and then she's she's done. She gets pulled Denzo. down, and that's and her acting is done for the day. She's mm-hmm. all she's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks for coming out, Chrissy Watkins. Have a great day. Have a great day. Here's your paycheck. She perishes due to Mr. Shark Guy, and then we we find uh, our hero, Mr. Chief Brody, Mm -hmm. Chief of Police. Mr. Roy uh, Scheider. Roy Scheider himself, and... Like a little bit, it's like the whole opening scene where they're in the in the house. Him and his wife wake mm. up. Love it. And they're and they're just, it's such a great great scene because it's not like plot driven. It's just we're getting to know the Brody family. You know, she teases him about not saying yad. In the yard. The kids are in the yard. Far from the car. Not too far. And uh, sounds like you're from New York. In Amity, you say yad. And then <laughs> there's a, like. So there's a one scene where he gets the phone call about the missing person report, which mm-hmm. is Christy Watkins, and yep. he grabs the wrong phone, which I always thought was weird because there was two. F- Why do they have two phones? But but it's kind of nice because they he picks up the first phone and it's the wrong line, and then he picks up the second phone like, oh yeah, hello, and it's um, you know, you don't still see that in movies mm-hmm. so much anymore, whereas the characters like look and flow. Like, you know, if they made a mistake in real life, like if I went to go pick up a phone and like, hello, hello, oh yeah, the mute button's still on or something. I, mm-hmm. Oh, there you are, I can hear you now, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he, he goes off to work. Chief Brody's office. Medical inspector. Yeah. Typewriter. I mean, there's all those awesome little like moments. I mean, after the he types out Shark Attack on the typewriter and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just, to me, it was all so funny when he goes into the little shop to buy the paintbrushes and things like that. Hearing the people's conversations and things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. the, the. I ordered it three weeks ago. Yes. It's not here. It's yeah. not here. God, what? 
it's funny because you, you don't really think about, because I grew up in a town where you worked year-round, you weren't dependent on outside sources, but these people live in a beach community that thrive, mm -hmm. that survive, not even thrive, they just survive on the, the, the seasonal... Mm -hmm. currency that the tourists uh, bring to their town. Yeah, because they got nobody coming in the winter, I'm sure. Yeah, who's going to go to the beach and when it's snowing out in Massachusetts or New York or wherever they're, mm -hmm. they're at. And then, oh, another funny detail. I loved when that, that old lady, that his secretary, who's in there, yeah. and she's like, it turns out the little boys at the karate school are karateing the fences. <laughs> Polly, if this new filing system is going to work, you've got to keep that outdated stuff off my desk. Just the pending, all right? Yes, Chief. Now, we got a bunch of calls about that karate school. It seems that the nine-year-olds from the school have been karateing the picket fences. And that's good because that, that ties right into like the next scene where he walks to the paint the paint the hardware store and mm -hmm. the, you see the fence in the background. Yep. And, like they're all tipped over. Yep. The mm -hmm. <laughs> Perfect. To think a, like a 27-year-old young director remembers these little details and has them like in there. Yeah, it's, it's good payoff. It's, it ties, it's crazy. it threads it through. And mm -hmm. and so then the, um, uh, is it, I think, was it before that or after that? No, it was, it was after that he goes to the beach, mm -hmm. right? And um, it was before he meets the mayor on the ferry, on the car, on the car ferry, but he goes out to the, to the, um, to the beach because his deputy... Oh, they Call, found her. They calls, found, yeah, they found Chrissy. They, yeah, and um, I like that. I like that one scene where he's whistling. He's like, "Come over here." He's whistling, to, to beckoning them to mm -hmm. where he's at, and he just he just drops. Yep. He can't stand to look at the site anymore. He's just really. You can see how troubled that guy is. Side yeah. side or fun fact: Have you ever seen the movie Clue? A long time ago, but yes. So I don't know the the, the actor who plays the deputy to Chief Brody's uh, or. Roy Scheider's Chief Brody, mm -hmm. um, he was in Clue. Huh. He was the uh, not one of the main characters, like the Colonel Mustards and all that. Yeah. He was the motorist that comes by, and he's one of the first people that gets killed in the movie Clue. Oh, I don't remember. But he has, has a familiar uh, familiar face and a distinct voice. I'm like, where have I seen this guy before? It's the same guy that's in the later scenes too, right? Or are you thinking of a different guy? No, no, no. It's, it, not, not the kid who... The hippie kid who brings, but his his no, deputy. No, the, the deputy who's like, does all the building the signs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, same, same, same guy. guy. Okay. So, gotcha. So, any Clue movie fans out there, hmm. you know, this guy ten years earlier was a deputy in Jaws. I don't, I don't know what his name is. I never <laughs> see him in anything besides those two films. Um, must have been a great character actor in his oh, yes. prime. I'm sure. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, and then so he so Chief Brody's all shook up, and he gets that call about the Boy Scouts swimming yep. for their merit badge. And we have the famous awesome long take shot on the ferry. Yes, it is a it is a long. Uh, it's like uh, a couple minutes. Yeah, of no nothing, just acting going on on screen. It's awesome. It's great because like you kind of get introduced to um, what was the guy's name? Something Vaughn. Who who plays the mayor? Mayor Vaughn. Oh, um, I don't remember his name. But that guy, that guy, he does scumbag very well. Yes, he does. He just, and you, you kind of get where he's coming from because he's the mayor. He's responsible mm -hmm. for the town's, you know, um, survival. And 
you know, they put they empowered him to take care of the town, and he's like, hey, man, you can't be closing the beaches just willy-nilly. Uh, Murray Hamilton. Oh, I was way off. Murray, his, well, his name is Vaughn. The character is Mayor Vaughn. Oh, oh, oh. He's Mayor Vaughn. And Murray Hamilton. Murray Hamilton is the actor. Yeah. Oh. Very good at playing the scumbag. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he nailed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very good. And, uh. And then, of course, they yeah, the whole fairy scene is really good. And you don't even, it's funny, like, you see the whole background moving, but it's like the camera's on the tripod. It's just not, it's just fixed on mm-hmm. the, the two of them talking. Yeah. And then the, the, the mayor's hype man, whatever that guy is. Yeah. The guy in the blue suit, the big guy. The big guy, mustache. He's like, no, 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 it's, it's summer. We need, we need summer dollars. That's actually Carl Gottlieb who did, or he did some of the rewrites on the script. Really? He wrote himself into the movie. Oh, good for him. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Moving um, up in the world. Moving on. Do it yourself. Yeah, good old Carl. Martin? Martin, you, you gonna shut down the beaches on your own authority? Well, what other authority do I need? Now, technically, you need a civic ordinance or a resolution by a board of select. That's just going by the book. We're really a little anxious that you're, uh, you're rushing into something serious here. It's your first summer, you know. What does that mean? I'm only trying to say that Amity is a summer town. We need summer dollars. If the people can't swim here, they'll be glad to swim at the beaches of Cape Cod, the Hamptons, Long Island. That doesn't mean we have to serve them up a smorgasbord. We never had that kind of trouble in these waters. Well, what else could have done that to that girl? Boat to belly? Well, I think uh, possibly, uh, yes, a boating That's accident. not what you told me over the phone. I was wrong. We'll have to amend our reports. And you'll stand by I'll that? I'll stand by you. Martin, a summer girl goes swimming. Swims out a little far. She tires. Fishing boat comes along. It's happened before. I don't think you appreciate the gut reaction people have to these things. Harry, I appreciate it. I'm just reacting to what I was told. Martin, it's all psychological. You yell barracuda. Everybody says, huh? What? You yell shark. We've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. But like that one, it's, it's the scene where he's like, you yell barracuda, people go, huh, what? Mm-hmm. And you yell shark, and we have a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Yep. And, and, and that discussion leads directly to the death of the little boy. Of like I, I, keeping the beaches open. He was prepared to close them, and then they didn't close them. But we got to remember, this is, this is Chief Brody's first summer. Yeah. So the, the, oh, the, so he the, doesn't know. Yeah, the flow of the economics in the town, it's, mm-hmm. at least in the summertime, is pretty new to him. He's, you know, we don't know his whole backstory, but I assume coming from the city, it's just a complete, mm-hmm. you know, a fish out of water, in, if you will. Yep. <laughs> Pardon uh, the pun. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so now we have the, I love I love this scene with, with Alice Kittner getting oh. killed. Um, use it all. The, I used to use it all the time to show the students at the schoolhouse at yeah. Dinfo's there to show them cutaways and how all that stuff works. And what well, it's a good scene for so many for so many reasons. One, it shows I like the perspective that changes between the shark and the water, mm-hmm. and Brody's perspective looking out to the water to the mm-hmm. splashing. A lot of red herrings with like the couple playing in the water, the mm-hmm. old bat hat Harry, <laughs> the old man ah. swimming. Ah, you know, so he's his mind's already. You could tell his mind's already like firing off, like, "Oh man, he's really alerted." Mm-hmm. So much tension. Very, it's a very tense scene, and 
and I, you know, dog lovers, dog lovers out there. I'm sorry, mm. but you know, poor Pippet. Not Pippet. Yeah, the Not guy throwing the stick to Pippet, and Pippet just doesn't come back. We mm. see the cutaway of the stick mm-hmm. floating in the water, and so sad. And then we have, of course, oh, we meet Alice Kittner for a few minutes. He talks to his mom, begs and pleads, mm-hmm. Mom, come on, come on, five more minutes. She, Your she fingers obli- are going to prune. She, <laughs> but she obliges. She's like, all right, kid, it's summertime. Go have fun. Mm-hmm. And then that great POV shot of the shark coming up to his feet, and then that cutaway, and then it like the boy turns into like a blood volcano so much blood it's re- kind of like ridiculous actually <laughs> like i wonder how, what the technique the production technique was to like blow out all that blood Just into the air pump blood <laughs> from a, something it was I so much so much so much blood and then of course you had the great the um the dolly the dolly zoom shot mm. you know mm. made famous by mr hitchcock in vertigo mm-hmm. uh the great shot and like for all and, those reasons and that, yet people know it almost better from jaws you're correct. You're correct. And they've used it since Jaws, but I think Jaws just... Popularized s- it. Very... Sunk its teeth in, if you will. It, it did. Um, I will. <laughs> and then we get that great... like um, All these scenes in this movie are great, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this great scene. And that great scene. Mm-hmm. But that scene where, uh, you know, the bounty... The bounty's being disputed and... Mm-hmm. and they're... <laughs> just... Cracking open a I beer. Was, I was gonna say, can we can we roll back to Bad Hat Harry and throw out that fun fact that that's uh, what's his face Brian Singer's production company. His name is Bad Hat Harry because of that scene. Really? Yeah. I Bad know Hat it. Harry. Because of that because one of, that that's some tense, Bad Hat Harry. Some, that ten second scene from Jaws. <laughs> Get mm-hmm. influence. I'm shaking my head vigorously up and down. <laughs> yes, that is what it's from. Very very well. <laughs> But we we have this great uh, this great scene um, where we finally meet Mr. Quint, you know, and uh, he's scratching the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. He's all really just really silly. He's such an old old son of a bitch. It's, <laughs> it's one of the best monologues there are. Oh, his, his best monologue is to come in this movie. But I yes. I I, pref- I personally prefer this one to the other one. But I oh, mean, yeah. it's I love this one. It's so good. All the little like, I'll I'll catch this bird for you. Like what? It's not a bird. What are you? <laughs> so I think I it's can't... just funny that all these things that he said. I think I remember reading about how Spielberg, and later on when he had that quick montage, not montage, but the quick scene of all the fishermen that come to town to mm-hmm. you know, between those those old fishing, old fishing bros from that are very old, and then you have like Quince. All that dialogue was like from the real fishermen that they were that were in the area of Martha's Vineyard that Spielberg kind of like you know he interviewed he talked to like let's I think he cast a few people from <laughs> the few locals to kind of be like the, the fisher people fishermen, I believe it the fisher people the fishermen <laughs> you all know me know how I earn a living I'll catch this bird for you but it ain't gonna be easy it's bad fish not like going down the pond chasing bluegills or tommy cards. This shark, swallow you whole. Shaking, tenderizing, 
Down you go. Now we gotta do it quick. Gotta bring back the tourists. Gotta put all your businesses on a paying basis. But it's not gonna be pleasant. I value my neck a lot more than 3,000 bucks, Chief. I'll find him for three, but I'll catch him and kill him for 10. And you gotta make up your minds. You wanna stay alive and ante up? You wanna play it cheap? Be on welfare the whole winter. I don't want no volunteers. I don't want no mates. There's too many captains on this island. $10,000 for me by myself. For that, you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Thank you very much, Mr. Quint. We'll, uh, we'll take it under advisement. Mr. Mayor, Chief, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, like, we get this really very... How, how would you describe Quint? Like, what... You know, he's very Captain Ahab. Yep. Very, mm -hmm. you know... And, I mean, in this opening scene with Quint, you don't really get that from him, but it's, but it's when we see how he acts later, in like late in the third act, you know, he really kind of goes off the rails. Yep. And, uh, oh, man. <laughs> you can see why he was divorced three times a little bit. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say divorced. It was his third wife's demise. Demise. Demise, <laughs> yes. And then, like... Um, but going back to the, the how powerful this and scary this movie is, um, it's really scary for a shark movie with very little shark. Mm -hmm. And well, it takes forever to see see the shark. Yes, um, but you, the shark's still there. Mm -hmm. Case in point, the next scene where we have the guys who hook up the wife's uh, Sunday roast. The Dumbo's on the dock with their roast. And the dock breaks breaks off, and the dude gets carried away and. He makes it, thankfully, but uh, you, you see the doc kind of just turn mm -hmm. around and chase him back after him. It's, mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like he could have, like the shark, if he really wanted to, you could have made it. And Oh, yeah. Because the guy wasn't a great I mean, a real, a real shark? Oh, yes. Yeah. He would, like, the, the guy would have been toast. Not Bruce, a not, real shark. Not Bruce, the fake shark. Bruce. But Bruce. lots of respect to Bruce. That very next scene is that very famous, very great scene that, of Brody flipping through the book. Mm. And you're, it's it's a masterclass in editing for sure. Oh my god, I love it! I love the the flipping through the book. It's so good. It's just like flipping through and like little close up shots of sharks and like there's even a tilt up from one picture to another on a page. He flips the page, and it's right on another picture already. Like all this pre planning from what pages he was going to flip to, and like I don't know, it's just so good, so good. And it's 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 Brody really dialing in to the promise the problem problem that's that's coming. You know, mm -hmm. he's really learning and studying his enemy in a way. And he'd be so curious because he's like maybe he coming from the city like he's heard of sharks, but yeah, this is he's never had to have a problem with a shark. He's never mm -hmm. had met a sh shark so on the streets. A, never had a problem with any kind of animal. Yeah, so I mean, he's yeah. I think he's doing a good job. He's like trying to like learn more about what mm -hmm. he doesn't understand. And uh, it's, yeah. it's it's so it's cut beautifully, mm -hmm. and 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 also in in that same scene uh, they foreshadow the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. This is that one image of the shark with a tank in its mouth. Hmm. Remember that? No, I don't remember. It's that. like it's one of the last 
right before his wife comes in, mm -hmm. is one of the last shots. Is it's a shark with a scuba tank in its mouth, and then hmm. it's, yeah, that's the thing. It's so subtle and very quick. If I don't remember, and it, it, it flips by, and then you don't think about it. And then like at the end of the movie, we get some some payoff, some full circle action. And, attention to detail. Exactly. Attention to detail. Um, Nobody's got it like Spielberg does. I swear, it's crazy. <laughs> and then and then we meet Mr. Matt Hooper from the mm. Oceanographic mm. Institute. Yes, the Oceanographic Institute. The, oh, excuse me. Yeah. I stand corrected. And uh, with one of the favorite little, because he's so short, next to that big dude. He's like, hello there. Hello back, young feller. That, that <laughs> little dude. Oh, my God. It's so funny. And you can tell, like, it was a testament to, uh, to I guess, the character of Hooper and, and Dreyfus's acting, but also he arrives at Amity, his head's on the swivel because he doesn't, he's never been to Amity probably, and mm -hmm. always, it's a big bustle. Everyone's trying to get the Alice Kittner reward, so all these yep. fishermen are coming from the woodwork. Is that 3,000 cash or check, that dude? <laughs> what a dick. I don't think that's funny at all. <laughs> Oh, and it. and uh, we so we meet <clears throat> Hooper and Hooper meets meets Brody and and uh, um, but then we have that really funny scene with the tiger shark. Oh, can we back up? My favorite scene, I think, in the whole movie. Yeah, it's so short, but it's so hilarious. When I think the Chief Brody's on the phone or on the radio or something in the little office, he throws something at the window to get his deputy's attention. He turns around, is just like waving at him like an idiot. <laughs> It's like, no, come here. <laughs> come here, moron. Like, get in here. Uh, it's so funny. Oh, my God. Again, that's the little things you don't... Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's that kind of that's, scene. That's your guy. Your, your clue it, guy. He's my clue guy. But, <laughs> it, you know, those little things, it's it's also like the scene from before when he picks up the wrong phone. Mm -hmm. And the scene later on down the... down <clears> in the At the end of the second act um, on the beach where Mrs. Brody mouths to him, I've got whatever the kid's name is, and, but she didn't say it. She just mouths it, and you see her mouthing it, and, you know, it's like, that's how people talk. That's, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to scream over all these people. I'm just going to, like, mouth the thing, and then, anyway. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. I don't know. Oh, it does. Um, but, yeah, so Hooper comes in. He's also a little fish out of water in his own way because he's, mm -hmm. he's a, this educated guy. He's a rich guy, and he's around all these blue-collar folks. Who fish for a living, and you know, and I can't remember because uh, Brody mentions it in the scene with, with where we meet Quint, that Hooper's coming, though the an expert is coming. But mm -hmm. why do they bring the expert out? What was the point of him coming? I think it was. I mean, it was just to learn more about like what kind of shark it was, what was happening. I guess. Mm. That's the only thing I could think of. It's like, how to defeat the shark. We need think, an expert. I don't think they exclusively said what... But anyway. But anyway, so, anyway, so they, they get him. They bring Hooper in. Mm -hmm. And this coincides with the uh, the capture of the tiger shark. They string him up at the, 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 the dock. What? <laughs> the what? Yeah. What kind of a shark is it? I don't know. I think it's from a cove. Got a deep throat, Pratt. Yeah, well, but what kind? What kind of shark? It's a tiger shark. A what? And that just further proves the it. So what the whole scene really is doing for Hooper is not it's not so much 
establishing that Hooper's a character. It's establishing his distance between himself and the rest of the island. Because mm-hmm. the rest of the island feels a certain way, and that, that island is indicative of what Quinn's character is. Very mm-hmm. old school, very working class. And it's like, I don't want your fancy fancy boy, smarty pants answer. You know, like the whole dude's like, I'm going to shove your head in this freaking mouth and see if it's a man-eater then, huh? You know? <laughs> you know? I mean, it also, to me, it also is like, <clears throat> he's he knows more about this thing than anybody else on that island. Mm-hmm. And yet they refuse to listen because, no, we clearly this is a shark. And they're like, that's as far as it goes to them. They don't care what kind of shark it is. If it was big enough to actually, they're not looking at evidence, basically, because he's no. more of an evidence man. That's what it looks like. And and that's the thing he does measuring he, the mouth and all that stuff. Yeah, the whole the the bite radius. The bite crap. radius. What's what's all this bite radius crap? You know. <laughs> What is this bite radius crap? Well, that, that is a Look at this. Oh, I'm gonna stuff your freaking head in there, man, and find out if it's a man. Come on, come on. 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 Come is not from around here typically, yep. but there's no way that it's the shark that is no responsible way. for the deaths that you're investigating. Not big enough. It's not big enough. It's just, you know, he's using facts, using the data. He's like, mm-hmm. and, like and, um, logic, where everybody else is acting like, I guess, you could say on emotion, because the little boy got killed, the, the, the dog got killed. I mean, that was the top priority, was avenging the death of the dog, I know. <laughs> But you know what I the mean. Like, still. The town is fired up. Like they want to get this shark and call it over with so that the summer can start. And he's just like, no. Yeah. He's the outside voice that they're not listening to. Yeah, because they don't want to hear it. They want to hear the problem solved. Mm-hmm. Bring on the tourists. We can live, you know. Yep. And I, I, I get where they're coming from. Martin, there are all kinds of sharks in the waters, you know? Hammerheads, white tips, blues, makos. And the chances that these bozos got the exact oh, shark... Oh, there's no other sharks like this in these waters. It's 100 to 1. 100 to 1. Now, I'm not saying that this is not the shark. It probably is, Martin. It probably is. It's a man-eater. It's extremely rare for these waters. But the fact is that the bite radius on this animal is different than the wounds on the victim. I just... I want to be sure. You want to be sure. We all want to be sure, okay? And what I want to do is very simple. The digestive system of this animal is very, very slow. Let's cut it open. Whatever it's eaten in the last 24 hours is bound to still be in there, and then we'll be sure. Maybe the only way to confirm us, huh? Look, fellas, let's be reasonable, huh? This is not the time or the place to perform some kind of a half-assed autopsy on a fish. And I am not going to stand here and see that thing cut open and see that little Kentner boy spill out all over the dock. After the tiger shark is, is you know, they have to take the funny picture the, the, or the, mm-hmm. the victorious picture. We all got it. and But Alice Kittner's mother shows up. She's all, she's mm. decked out in her black funeral garb. She's Morning still, obviously her boy was just killed, and mm-hmm. so oh, she smacks Brady, not Brady, Brody. Hard. She smacks him hard. Like, that was a real slap. 
like from what I've been from what I've seen in like that behind the scenes thing, they did it a couple of times and she smacked the hell out of him. <laughs> like like she really hit him. It wasn't no fake slap. It wasn't no we weren't pulling any slaps around here. Yeah, they weren't pulling punches. They no. slapped the crap out of them. Chief Brody. Yes. I just found out that a girl got killed here last week. And you knew it. You knew there was a shark out there. You knew it was dangerous, but you let people go swimming anyway. You knew all those things. But still, my boy is dead now. And there's nothing you can do about it. My boy is dead. I wanted you to know that. I'm sorry, Martin. She's wrong. No, she's not. And that was a good scene, like, you know, she's, her, her lines aren't so, her lines are actually, are, are fitting and perfect because she's grieving. Mm-hmm. She's like, my boy's dead now, and I want you to know that. And, like, she doesn't need some eloquent speech. She, she's just, she's distraught, she's upset. Mm-hmm. Her mother, she's now um, a mother without a child, and, and, mm-hmm. And she feels she has to put this blame on something. Something is responsible, and she puts her energy in, into into Chief Brody, which. But is it really his fault? Um, that's something I like. I always think about when I watch that part of the movie. It's like because it's, you think about it like he was trying to do it. He was trying to close the he beaches, was. but the mayor and, and the townspeople weren't having it. But in the same time, he's the chief of police. Yeah, I don't know what authority. Chief yeah, Brody has. Can, I don't he, can he overrule the mayor and say, "Hey, man, get fucked. We're closing the beach." I don't know if he can do that. I don't know. Um, but but he know, could have fought. Also, a little, he could have fought a little harder at it too. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's kind of a an, an odd thing. Like you never know. You, you don't, don't know, you know who's because you don't know. Really he didn't fault. know. No one knew. Everyone thought, "Oh, it's a one off. Or it was a boating accident. Or it was this." You know, it's either way. It's not enough. It doesn't merit closing down the beach. And taking our money away from us. But a dog died. But a t- <laughs> everybody's overlooking this dog. <laughs> you you fair. you were on the dog train. And I I respect that. I love dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, poor Pippet. Mm-hmm. But let's go. I, we need to go back real quick. Justice for Pippet. Justice for Pippet. Hashtag Justice for Pippet. It's going to be the bottom of my Instagram post for this mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> justice for Pippet. You can figure out how to spell Pippet, but that's fine. Um, uh, the subtitles. P i p p e t. Well um, done. Not two T's, just one. Just one. Okay. So hey, what do I know? Very well. Um, but before we 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 have to uh, roll back a little bit um, hmm. with Hooper um, and uh, oh the morgue. It's the morgue. So 
the board scene. There's two great scenes, for me at least. Yeah. I know you lo- you're you in love with Quint's opening scene of mm-hmm. him with the chalkboard. And it's a great scene. I'm not going to argue that. But the two great scenes of acting, two master classes in acting, is the one where Quint's talking about the Indianapolis. And we'll mm-hmm. get to that soon. And it's also how Hooper, Richard Dreyfuss' character Hooper, mm-hmm. reacts in the morgue. Because um, you never see the body. Mm-hmm. We see like I think some hands sticking up, but you never really see what he is looking, what they. Yeah, like so. The only thing you see ever since she goes underwater is the little hand and the seaweed. Some hair, yeah, some hair. But then after that, you never see her again. She's in a fits in a little box. She, yeah, she's like that's, a little metal tray. That is how much is left. Is like a two foot long, one foot deep box. And that's it. And you just watch him like. You know, you, you, if you watch his face, watch his face through the whole scene, even when he's talking, and you watch Richard Dreyfuss' eyes, and he's, you can tell while he's, his mouth is doing the clinical work, mm-hmm. you know, it's, the, the, the arm has been, you know, or the thorax has been bitten mid, Oh yeah. You know, he's doing all the technical jargon mm-hmm. on his recorder, but you watch his eyes, and he's, he's like terrified, Focus. yet intrigued, yeah. because he's like, this is not. This, he knows what a, this, this is, is a shark attack. Not normal. This is a big shark. Is what he's looking at. Yeah, and and, and you can see the uh, takes control of the room too. When he's doing it, he is like the boss man because he's like, "Water, I need water." <laughs> takes yeah. us, do not smoke in here. <laughs> like immediately, like as soon as he's about to light up in the corner by the window, he's yeah. like, "No." And, and and you can tell it was also was good was they cut back to. I guess the corner, the, the local corner, the oh. one who said he would amend his report shames the crap out of him. Oh yeah, this was not a boat Cause, accident. Because on the on the this the scene earlier, that great one take shot on the ferry where the Mur, uh, the the Murray the mayor Murray Hamilton mm-hmm. is kind of almost bullying uh, Brody to put the the kid the beaches open. The corner's like, you know, I would. I'll amend my report. I'll say it was a boat a- accident. And then you can see... I'll stand by that. I'll stand by that. But you cut back to the scene in the autopsy. And he in knows. The, in the morgue. He knew he, knew he, he was knew fucking he wrong. Was wrong. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and that's like the thing. Like, where do you... Are you going to give up your professional integrity to the mayor, to his whims, and to the town? I think would have been what a better approach for the the corner would be like would have been to stick to his guns, stick to what he knew was true. He knew it was like some sort of animal attack, mm-hmm. and it, you know that would have prompted if if he actually went to Chief Brody's side and told the mayor, "Hey, dude, go fly a kite. We have got to deal with this problem now." The problem would have been fixed a lot earlier. Less they went and they wouldn't have died. Ha- less people would have died. Less they, panic. They might have caught it before Fourth of July. Who knows? Right. So, but anyway, so that that whole that whole autopsy scene is just, I love watching Dreyfus work in that. So he's he's mm-hmm. a young guy, but he, he does, you're right, he commands the scene, mm-hmm. and I love I love that end bit where he's like, it's not, this was not, a boating, not a boating accident, you know, it wasn't mm. Jack the Ripper, it was just oh great, it's a shark, <laughs> love it, it was a shark, so good. Well, let's show Mr. Hooper our uh, accident here. Uh, victim identified as Christine Watkins, female Caucasian. Yeah, uh-huh. here's the way we have it. Probable boating accident. Yeah. All right. The height and weight of the victim can only be 
estimated from the partial remains. The torso has been severed in mid-thorax. There are no major organs remaining. May I have a glass of water, please? Right arm has been severed above the elbow with massive tissue loss in the upper musculature. Thank you very much. Partially denuded bone remaining. This was no boat accident. Did you notify the Coast Guard about this? No. It was only local jurisdiction. The left arm, head, shoulders, sternum, and portions of the rib cage are intact. Do not smoke in here. Thank you very much. This is what happens. It indicates the non-frenzy feeding of a large squalus, possibly Angemanus or Asurus glaucus. Now, the enormous amount of tissue loss prevents any detailed analysis. However, the attacking squalus must be considerably larger than any normal squalus found in these waters. Didn't you get on a boat and check out these waters? No. Well, this is not a boat accident. It wasn't any propeller. It wasn't any coral reef. And it wasn't Jack the Ripper. It was a shark. And then... And then we have the, the, the father-son. The Spielberg tradition. Yes, this is a steel... Uh, steel. This is a Spielberg staple. Mm -hmm. It's in almost every one of his films. The father and the son motif and... Moment, theme, whatever it may be. Even if there's not a dad in the movie, there's, there's some, some kind of related like, father-son. Like some kind of like paternal connection. Yes, and, to somebody. And once I finally watched that Spielberg documentary on HBO... It all made sense to me. The, the kid started it, right? Yeah. The little boy, he starts it, and he, he's folding his hands like his dad. And, and, and he was just doing it off camera, right? Yeah. Like, he, they were just doing it in between takes of whatever the scene was supposed to right, be. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's so, as the story goes. And Spielberg loved it. And, you know, I when I was watching this scene last time, like, I stopped what I was doing. You know, this, this again, this movie is filled with so many iconic scenes mm -hmm. pockets of, of of human experience and it's the most it's a, a very sweet tender moment between the father and his son and because you know brody just had a shit of it uh, he had a hell of a day you know he mm -hmm. had the, the yeah the, this is just after the shark gets caught and he gets slapped and he's feeling an overwhelming sense of guilt about yeah, the boy about dying the boy and yet he has his son right here with him mm -hmm. and so yeah so his son mimics all the hand gestures and movements Brody's making. He's got him a glass of something yeah. there on the table. He's that crap day. And, you know, and you see Chief, uh, Ellen, Brody's wife, kind of watching, like, mm -hmm. it's just a great scene, man. Like, oh, yeah. I, like, there's, like, as an adult now, like, I appreciate these scenes way more. Like, the in-between action scenes are, to me, are way better now than they ever were. Like yeah. they're they are my favorite parts of the movie. It's in between the shark attacks is are the best parts. It's the shark attacks are cool. They're awesome, but they're not the best parts of the movie. So what I'll say to that scene is, this is what we have as character development in the seventies. That it's not that movies today don't have it, but I don't think it's as developed as it was in a scene like this. You know, a 27-year-old director decided to put this into his film 
and it was just a, a simple scene of a, a father and son interacting. There's no dialogue. There's no words. It's just the two of them bonding. And it builds Brody up as this loving father, loving a character that gives a shit about his family. You know, he's not an asshole. Doesn't be his wife. Doesn't take you know mismanage his children. He gives a shit. And yeah, he cares about his job. I mean, if he didn't care, he wouldn't feel like shit after that day. Exactly. He'd just be at home having a good time with his family, at eating dinner like without a care in the world. But he's there after they've eaten, with his glass of whatever he's got. Yeah. Just sitting yeah. there staring at the wall and then his son like cheers him up a little bit with this awesome little thing. This little moment. It's a little moment. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Oh man, I just love that scene so much. It's one of my favorite scenes in the in the whole film. Like you were mm-hmm. saying, like how some films are or like the shark attack scenes are they're like clinically great action set pieces mm-hmm. and they very suspenseful and dramatic and action-packed but these little tiny scenes here um both of quince quince's speeches mm-hmm. and this one here is just and then also obviously Drivus's uh, autopsy moment very mm-hmm. very good um so who comes who comes calling at the brady uh, i keep saying mm. brady the brady's like either brady bunch or tom brady no no not tom brady not tom brady the, who comes knocking at the Brody residence but Mr. Mr. Matt Hooper? Mr. Hooper. Hooper. And um, that's an awesome scene, too. I love when he brings the wine bottles over and he's like, you're going you're gonna to want to let that breathe. And he just pours it into the cup that he already was drinking out of and <laughs> just fills it to the brim. He doesn't give a fuck. He's, he's, like, he's had a shitty day. He's had a shitty day. <laughs> and um, Hooper just like, Kind of helps himself to the plate of food left on the table. Oh, can I? Do you, do you mind? <laughs> Anyone eating this? <laughs> and, and, and his little story, too, of, like, why he likes sharks. Yeah, when he's a kid and the shark was eating his boat and all these yeah. things. It's funny. And it's, like, it's, the t- it's exactly the kind of story you would think that mm-hmm. would start somebody on their little career path of loving marine biology or whatever, whatever his well, actual job is. You're into sharks. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> so, no no. What'd you say? My husband tells me you're in sharks. Yeah, you're you're in sharks. <laughs> you're in sharks. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, and then we we start we start getting to know about his fear of the water. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, his yeah how his wife a... tries to explain to Hooper like how he sits in this car when they get on the ferry to, yeah. to go to the mainland. He's afraid of water, and then he's just like it's drowning. I'm afraid of drowning. You know, like that's when he like blurts out. You know, in a, in a lesser film, in a lesser film, the whole fear of drowning would need to be explained better. Like maybe he, as a child, he had a bad time at the pool or something. But you know what? You don't need to know that. You don't need to know here, especially. Is like, you know, I think because the fear of drowning, which is also under underlying fear of death, is so mm-hmm. universal and prevalent with so many people that like. You know, not that me personally, but I know other people like could see and listen to Brody's reasoning. Like, yeah, I get, I get it, dude. Yeah, drowning sucks. I don't want to do that. You mm-hmm. know, um, and he's like one of the. It seems like he's one of the only characters besides the the mayor who like never gets in the water in the movie. Yeah, the mayor's such a fucking hypocrite. I hate that motherfucker so much. <laughs> Fuck that mayor. Anyway, he's terrible. He's awful, man. This is vandalism. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> 
We're not there. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> but uh, uh <laughs> anyway, he's fun. He is fun to watch. The mayor is. He's fun to watch because you just want Hamilton. You just want to punch him in the fucking face. It's, it's quite. I like that name, Murray Hamilton. Murray Hamilton. You gonna name That's your son? Name. Name your son Murray. I don't know. Murray. Murray. Get down here, Murray. <laughs> Take the trash out. Your mother worked all day. <laughs> we came home, did a nice meal. Take the goddamn trash out, Murray. Raise him to be a, a politician. He's going to be a mayor one day. He'll be a mayor one day, son. Um, but, you know, um, Brody, Brody, like, he's like, let's go cut the shark open. Let's just go do it. Can well, you do that, though? I'm sorry. Not Brody. Hooper suggests that. And Brody's like, Fuck it, let's do it. And he's his wife's been, like, he's been drinking. Can you do that? And he's like, I'm the chief of police. I can do what I want. I can want. do what I want. I have a badge and a gun. <laughs> I love that part. No one on this island's going to tell me what to do. Which is funny. I wonder if it's because he has some liquid courage in him. And he, it, coupled with, coupled with like, he had oh, a really lousy day. It's liquid courage. It's liquid courage and the lousy day. And he's like, sick of this shit. I think, I think if he had been more... Not saying I'm not condoning drinking on the job, but if he'd been more liquored up, he would have told the mayor to go, <laughs> to go shove it somewhere. <laughs> He's like, "We're not gonna close the beaches, chief." Like, yeah, well, get fucked. We're gonna close the beaches, dude. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what he should have said. But yeah, I mean, but you know, had Brody not done that or had done that, we wouldn't have the rest of the film to deal with. So mm-hmm. you know, it's all it's all about character arcs and mm-hmm. character development and. and- and even that that scene too is another like awesome thing of of acting when they cut the shark open, with Richard Dreyfus just sitting there, like you don't even get to see the shark getting cut open. You just see him like fumbling around on the stomach of the shark, <laughs> guts pour out like the white whatever it white, was, yeah, juices, like the white liquid that filled the stomach lining, I guess. Or I something. knew it. Southern waters <laughs> throws the Louisiana. Louisiana. License plate? Sportsman's Paradise. Oh, God. Then why don't we have one more drink and go down and cut that shark open? Martin? Can you do that? I can do anything. I'm the chief of police. You start in the elementary canal? Open the digestive tract. Problem than that, Morton. You still got a hell of a fish out there with a mouth about this big. How do we confirm that by morning? 
If he is a rogue, and there's any truth to territoriality at all, we've got a good chance of spotting him between Cape Scott and South Beach. Where are you going? We've got to find him right now. He's a night feeder. On the water? Well, if we're looking for a shark, we're not going to find him on the land. Yeah, but I'm not drunk enough to go out on a boat. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You can't do that. Yes, you can. So we, you know, so they perform the half-assed autopsy on the fish. Yes. Hooper... Cooper convinces drunk ass Brody to. I sure hope he didn't eat a car. <laughs> no idiot is the garbage disposal of the suit. <laughs> I remember that part. Yes. Convinces drunk ass Brody to get on his boat. His boat that's got all the fucking bells and whistles, and, and cameras, the, and this is where you learn a little bit more about Mr. Matt Hooper. Yeah. What was backstory? Or was just like how how rich are you? Well, myself or the whole family. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Like his his privilege, very, but yeah, very simple character development, you mm-hmm. know. But it also explains his. He's never been. He was never really like a snarky character about that. No, in, he until Quint pushes him later. He wasn't like a douchebag about it. No, he, he he really wasn't. He was fairly humble about his money, at least. Yes. I mean, he's wearing all denim. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's not like. Dressed up all crazy. No, he's very, he's very stripped down, simple kind of guy. Yeah. And so anyway, they're on this boat. And my question about that whole bit was, did he, like, drive his boat to Amity? Like, how does boat get there? Probably. I don't... Well, I mean, so he does get off at Amity on a boat. He does. But it's not that boat. No, it's not. So maybe he parked that boat somewhere and then took another that, boat? He seems like the kind of guy who would take his own personal... Maybe he like parked research it on those, yacht. Well, those like little, you know, those little uh, like those little bar- boat storage yeah. areas that are just like oh, yeah. I barely off. I know all about you know those. what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Maybe he did that and then took a little dinghy <laughs> in board in in inland to to the the dock. I don't know That's where possible. he met the big feller. I never th- <laughs> right. I never th- I never thought about that, but uh, until just now, actually. Plot holes. Plot holes. Mm. But then, and also a production. Um, uh, not a snafu, but a production notice I picked up was when they parked the boat, they anchored Matt Hooper's boat mm-hmm. when they go, when they find Ben Gardner's boat, mm-hmm. which is shipwrecked, um, but still floating. The water's very calm because I think they shot it in a pool. Probably. So the whole scene's like it's, it's the water's still, there's no choppy waters, no waves, just mm-hmm. they're not rocking back and forth. And you get a great, uh, another great editing um Another great editing milestone for this movie is is the the jumps the one jump scare I think is in this movie mm-hmm. with Ben Gardner's head popping out or it might have been Ben Gardner's head. It the, was it was Ben Gardner for yeah, sure. The head popping out because he's the, the same the big feller. Big feller. Same guy. He he pops his head out and Mr. Hooper who he just found the big the big tooth the size of a shot glass. Shot glass, yeah. And and he hits and I mean. I think I remember watching the uh, documentary about how they they tried cutting it a few different ways, give the timing just right with the music and everything. And you know, I, I was watching with someone recently, and uh, maybe about six months ago, and they had never seen Jaws, and they jumped at that scene too, like like it was like it was a brand new movie, like mm-hmm. you know, it made them jump. Um, that was a good. That was a good one. Good jump scare is fine. Yeah, not like a lot of movies now, where their films are just littered. You don't need them. They're just rack and stacked all across mm-hmm. the movie. But uh, so now we have a dilemma. 
now we have a problem. <clears throat> we, we we now have evidence of a giant shark, mm -hmm. which as an audience we still haven't really seen yet. At least yeah. not a great shot of it. Well, no, the, yeah, yeah, you're right. We haven't seen it yet. So now we have our heroes, Hooper and Brody, convincing the mayor, hey man, this is not good. And they have a great scene where... <laughs> so with the, the Mr. Mayor needing his evidence of, so do, do you still have the tooth? Yeah. And they're like, no, yes. I had an accident. I dropped it. Yeah. And and that's, oh, well, there, there must not be a shark. It's like, well, Mr. Mayor, there is also a boat with a giant bite taken out of the side of it mm. and a dead body in the boat. What a plot hole with that because they never... Not good well, enough for the mayor. He needs well, that tooth. I know they said they towed the boat in, the bed gardener's wrecked boat. Yeah. And I assume the head, unless he got thrown out of the porthole in the water, was still in the boat somewhere. Yeah. Like, whatever is left of him is in that boat somewhere. And and the mayor still was like, ah, give a fuck. We're still going to mm, fucking party. It's still a boating accident. It's still a boating accident. There's been three different boating accidents. That's all. <laughs> It's like a movie hot fuzz. These are terrible accidents. <laughs> yes, basically. And, uh, yeah, and then a great scene with the, the, the vandalized billboard with a giant this dorsal fin. Vandalism! <laughs> it's a destruction of a public service that message. Dude, that dude is more upset about the, the, the destructive property than is about the death toll in his own town. And I, town. Love, I love, he's like, this is actually, like, legit, like, proportions to the size of the shark and the person. And then, of course, the mayor's all snarky. You'd love to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your name in the National Geographic. Oh, my God. God, I fucking hate the mayor so <laughs> He's such a dude. Mr. Vaughn, Mr. Vaughn, I pulled a tooth the size of a shot glass out of the rectal of a boat out there, and it was the tooth of a great white. It was Ben Gardner's boat. It was all chewed up. I helped tow it in. You, sh you should have seen him. Where, where is that tooth? Did you see it, Brody? No, I didn't see it. He, he dropped it. Yet. I had an accident. way in. And what did you say the name of this shark is? It's a Carcaridon Carcarius. It's a great white. But you, you don't have the tooth. Look, we depend on the summer people here for our very lives. You are not going and to have a summer unless beaches, you deal with this problem. We're not only going to have to close the beach, we're going to have to hire somebody to kill the shark. I mean, we're going to have to tell the Coast Guard. Mr. Vaughn, you have to contact the shark We're going to put extra deputies on because you have to ruin the world is entire harbor. I don't think one of you are familiar with our problems. I think that I am familiar with the fact that you are going to ignore this particular problem until it swims up and bites you on the ass. Now, wait a second, wait a second. There are two ways to deal with this problem. Hey, you're Jake. either going to kill this animal, or you're going to cut off its food supply. Larry, we have to close the beaches. Brody, sick vandalism. That is a deliberate mutilation of a public service message. Now, I want those little paint-happy bastards caught and hung up by their Buster Browns. That's it. Goodbye. I'm not going to waste my time arguing with a man who's lining up to be a hot lunch. I'm going to see you later, Brody. Oh, no, please don't do this. He's not... Mr. Vaughn, what we are dealing with here is a perfect engine, uh, an eating machine. It's really a miracle of evolution. All this machine does is swim and eat and make little sharks, and that's all. Now, why don't you take a long, close look at this sign? Those proportions are correct. Love to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your name into the National Geographic. 
But you know what? Hey, the mayor says, hey, fuck you. We're going to, you know, we're going to play. And, and Hooper's about ready to pack a dick. He's ready to take his ball mm -hmm. and go home because he's like, oh, fuck he's, this guy. He's a heated. Oh, he's yeah. Heated, dude. And, but you know what? So but Hooper decides to stick around, help out Brody. Because um, mm -hmm. they're going to guard the guard, guard the, beach the beach during 4th of July. And, and we had this giant uh, we had montage of these tourists coming in from out of, out of town. And, and that poor, poor couple. Which couple? Like, the mayor's like, get, get in the fucking water. Yeah, because get in the water. Because like everyone, like, can people talk? And people at this point have heard a mm -hmm. the girl, the boy, you know, maybe they heard about Big Gardner. Big Gardner, yeah. And it, so people are like, I'm not they knew really. a shark was caught, but they're like, mm. but then Ben Gardner died. Yes. After and, and the shark was caught, like his whole body, Son's head, is missing, mm -hmm. <laughs> and. But then you so anyway so we're so the beach is, is <clears throat> packed it's full of people again because they're not going into the water and then we have a nice cameo from the author. I was about to say, the, Mr. Benchley, Peter Benchley yeah. himself, author of Jaws and The Beast. Terrible movie, by the way. I never saw The Beast. It's not worth your time. I've I've heard that. <laughs> it's attempting to be Jaws with an octopus, but it's not Ew. very good. I mean. Don't just, just don't. don't just don't. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, and and so like there's there's like this little inlet of water. That's not quite the beach. They call it the pond. Ah uh, yes, the pond. The pond. Well, we which, can't forget the little boys and their little fin thing. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So there was a false alarm. So the coast guards out there again, like Hooper and we were trying to protect <laughs> the, the rifles beach. Rifles in the kids' face. They did. Kids would be shitting themselves. <laughs> And like this false alarm of these fucking punk ass kids. They have a fake dorsal fin, and they're mm -hmm. like scared. And he, he made me do it. He made me do it. <laughs> the whole, the whole <laughs> everyone that finally, all the patrons that finally got into the water, having a good time, they're splashing, carrying on, and then this fake dorsal fin. These stupid kids. <laughs> People running over each other. Oh man! That one dude. Survival just of the fittest. Takes out the raft of all kids. It's <laughs> like fuck you, kids. <laughs> he jumps over it to try to get out. There's a there's even a shot of like literally an elderly man laying in the water like getting like on the shore on. getting trampled like uh, and he gets dragged out and it's ridiculous. But so this small body of water, this this pond, we have Brody's son and his little gang of friends, and they have a, the little boat. And oh, the creepy pedo man. The creep, like, that dude was such a creep. Hey boys. How you doing over there? You need some help, boys? Like, what was that guy doing? I mean, unless he was just going for He's a, in a leisurely, little rowboat. Yeah, a leisurely stroll in a rowboat. Yeah, by, it's like so he had weird. nothing. He had no fishing poles. He had no, no sails. Like, what was his purpose anyway? Doesn't matter because that's when we get a the buck real, stops here. Real good luck. So his boat gets to, the shark goes into the pond, and the the dude, the pedo dude, his. <laughs> I think he deserves a better name than that, but no, no. <laughs> you created a monster here, dude. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, man. But he gets he he gets knocked out of the boat, boat tips over, and then yes, you see that one overhead shot of the size of the shark. Of Bruce, it's fucking massive. The shark's name is Bruce. If you didn't know, I I knew that. I know. I'm talking to the listeners. Listeners, all 22 of them. All 22. Mm. Maybe 23. Who knows? 
Bridge will be number 23. <laughs> Shout out, Bridget. Thanks, thanks, thanks to your wife. It's my wife, yeah. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> what a sweetheart. Um, I like that one scene. I remember watching that scene when I was a kid. In my, I was at my dad's house, and there was that scene at the end of Jaws, in that part of Jaws, and the shot of the leg, the mm-hmm. severed leg falling down. It's so graphic for like back then. It, it is. It, that leg looks real still today. And it looks real. I remember the TV, they still showed it, for, but they cut like the whole length of that one shot in half. Mm-hmm. They edited it for TV. But like it was still enough to, like, that's a whole fucking leg that's not attached to anybody anymore. Just sink to the bottom. Just, it's just, it just gonna, sink. It's, it's going to sit there. And, it's, it's, it's there now. Yeah. And it's going to get eight. It's going to get eight. Critters. And then uh, Mike's, or Mike's is the son. Mike. Yeah. Mike, Mike is British son. He, he falls in his little boat crew all into the water. He's dead. No, he's in shock. And he like he's yeah. there's a there's a scene that Spielberg was talking about in that when the the pedo guy <laughs> I don't know what to call him now. You you, you Mr. Robo Man ro, Robo guy when Robo guy um there's a, a scene that was cut that had Robo guy still in the jaws of Bruce. And it was a POV, when the POV shot we have of, of it going past Michael and keep, mm-hmm. out, keep going, it was supposed to be him in the jaws pushing oh, yeah. him out of the way. Yeah, I heard about that. But Spielberg's like, hey, it's too much, it's too graphic. Let's just, yeah. eh. The mystery just, of it all. Let's just leave it on it's, the editing room, editing room floor. It's better without it. It I, is better without I it. I agree. And so they grab, they pull Michael to shore. He's in shock. Mm-hmm. And... And it's a great shot of the uh, bird looking out at the sea, knowing that he has to go. He has to go onto his territory, into this territory of the shark to go mm-hmm. have the final showdown. Oh, and then there's that awesome scene at the hospital. I love this scene when he grabs that mayor by the collar, drags him behind the curtain. This is another one of those great it's scenes. So good, and he's like, uh, you know what? Oh, like listening, like. Watching that scene again last night, I was like, oh, my God, this guy. Like, he's like, Brody, my, my, my kid was on that beach, too. He's like, yeah, your kid was on the beach with a fake shark. Like, yeah, Brody's kid was, like, two feet from the shark with a, a human in its mouth swimming yes. away. A legless human. And I like, like, the, the, like, the mayor was so, like. No sympathy from you, mayor. No. Don't care. And, but, but the mayor was still, he's, you can see on the mayor's face, he's reeling from his poor decision-making. Yes. He's, like, having a hard time getting his sentences out. Brody wants a voucher. <laughs> Sign this voucher. Yeah, we're going to pay this guy what he wants, this guy mm-hmm. Quint. Because the mayor's, mayor's so delusional. Not that he's delusional, but he's so, like, I got to save this town. So he starts talking about, oh, we could save August. Like, dude, and what does he say? You're the mayor of Shark City. People think you want the beaches open. Because mm-hmm. he does, in the in just in the scene before on Fourth of July when there's the uh, Mr. Peter Benchley does his little thingy, his uh, this little shark story news report, news report thing, yeah. whatever he says. In the middle of all that scene, like later on, you see like an interview with Mr. Mayor, and he's like, "No, no, no, no. There have been a couple of ac- boating accidents, but like he literally lies." About what it is. It's a beautiful day. Amity, as you know. No, means, means friendship. friendship. Yes. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. I'm sorry. I, I'm truly sorry. And a pen, Larry? Yeah, a pen, you know. 
because you're going to do what you do best. You're going to sign this voucher so I can hire a contractor. I, I don't I don't know if I can do that without... I'm going to hire Quint to kill the shark. August. What? August. What? What are you talking about? Larry, the summer is over. You're the mayor of Shark City. These people think you want the beaches open. I, I was... I was... I was acting in the... In the town's best interest. That's right. You were acting in the town's best interest, and that's why you're going to do the right thing. That's why you're going to sign this, and we're going to pay that guy what he wants. Martin. Martin. My kids were on that beach trip. Sign it, Larry. And then, I, and I love is finally the meeting of the minds. You have this mm -hmm. great scene, a Quint little workshop that has Brody and Hooper meeting up with Quint, all for the first time, all and, three of them. And yeah, and you can and, and you really start to see the dynamic, especially the stress between uh, um, the sensibilities of Hooper being the young, educated guy with all the all the cool gadgets and gear, mm -hmm. and the old school old school Quint's thought processes of like how to approach the situation mm -hmm. and Brody's kind of like hey let's just be civil let's go fucking catch a fish and come home it's my charter he's coming like you want to get paid or not here's the swimming <laughs> with bow-legged women <laughs> where does that come from I know like because where did he come up with these things Quint has got such a like old man bastard swagger though he's like so weird he doesn't give a fuck he's like love I know him. what I'm talking about love him and I love him too and I like there's one line that at, towards, at the end of this scene right before they actually depart the, the, the harbor mm -hmm. and it's when Brody is convincing Quint to bring Hooper along mm -hmm. and you can already tell it's going to be it, it, it's setting up the stress to come between Hooper and Quint um, when uh, uh, Quint tells Brody, hey, take him, for, take him for ballast, Chief. And basically, I did some research and take him for ballast is like, it's like, not quite collateral, but basically it's like, it's extra weight. Mr. Hooper, I'm not talking about pleasure boating or day sailing. I'm talking about working for a living. I'm talking about sharking. Well, I'm not talking about hooking some poor dogfish or sand shark. I'm talking about finding a great white. Porkers? Talking about porkers? Mr. Hooper? Just tie me a sheep shank. I haven't had to pass basic seamanship in a long time. You didn't say how short you wanted it. How's that? Give me your hands. Dogfish? You got a $5,000 net. You got $2,000 worth of fishing in long comes Mr. Whitey. By the time he's finished with that net, looks like a kiddie scissor class has cut it up for a paper doll. You got city hands, Mr. Hooper. You've been counting money all your life. All right, all right. All right. Hey, I don't need this. I don't need this working class hero crap. You, you, you're not going to do this aboard the ship, are you, Mr. Quinn? Maybe I should go alone. No, it's my party. It's my charter. It's your charter. It's your party. It's my vessel. You're on board my vessel. Mate, master, pilot, and I'm captain. 
Take him for ballast, Chief. That, if need be, to preserve the integrity of the ship, you can cut loose. Chuck it off, yeah. So basically, he's telling Brody, hey, this Hooper guy, take him for ballast. He's extra weight, but I'm not opposed to canning his ass if he's yeah. It, it, he doesn't fill out mm-hmm. what he needs to do. Um, <clears throat> but he says all that with one line, and it, it sends a good message. Mm-hmm. And Brody, but Brody understands, like, yeah, you got it. And uh, it's good, like, it's good, like, it's simple. It's a simple dialogue set for a huge commitment and understanding between mm-hmm. characters. And I, I just love how that, like, another, another great scene of acting. Yeah. And, between and all three of these. like, let me see your hands thing and the, the I don't need this working class hero bullshit the whole time. Like it's, it's so good. He's like, if, he, he pauses. He's like, wait, wait, I gotta go check on my boiling shark's jaws real quick. Or the take take a shot of this chief, this little whatever is homemade liquor, whatever that was. Oh God. Like with decreased he t- engines. He takes the like tiniest sip of the shot spits it glass. out in the plant or whatever and Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. And then, and then we're finally out to sea. Mm-hmm. We're finally out, out to we sea. Sure are. And we have Brody chumming along. Chum some of this shit. Chum some of this shit, and keep the chum line growing. Chum line going, Chief. And then we have that. Um, uh, I'm not sure if it is Jaws. I think it is Jaws who actually grabs yeah. that first. The, yeah, the first cause line because it, it breaks the line. And and. Nothing else would have broken the line. The the piano wire. Yeah. And uh and I, well, you know, it's before that, I kinda like I thought it was interesting how like it seemed like um Quint was kind of teaching Brody everything like to know about seamanship or whatever. Yeah. As they're going. Like he wasn't being a dick to no. anybody but Hooper. <laughs> he was being like decent to, to um what's his name? Uh, Brody. Yeah. Like showing him how to do things and like telling him what to do and like just little things until you know later on when he goes yeah, off the rails. It, it seemed like a little bit of a unspoken competition between Hooper and Quint on how to who's better going to lead Brody to the end to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know between Quint's experience and Bro- uh, uh, Hooper's uh, education and. Um, it was a great pull for Brody because he's he's just trying to get the job done because he's he's empowered and uh, you know charged with taking care of the, this community and mm-hmm. he's got these two experts from both ends of the spectrum you know vying for his uh, uh, you know not attention but vying for his like approval in a way mm-hmm. to like to to understand you know how to you know understand the sea. And understand the approach to this shark problem, and that leads to that first conflict, like I said, about between Hooper and Quint about the whole piano wire, and um, you know, Hooper loses the battle in that one. Yeah. Um, Quint's experience obviously wrong, and he he doesn't, he doesn't take <clears throat> doesn't take it gracefully. He makes faces behind what Quint's is, back, and it's like we learned one thing that. Even you rich college boys don't know when to admit you're wrong or whatever. Right. Or you're not smart enough to admit, know when, know when to admit you're wrong. Right. Hey, Quinn, let it go. Hey, Hooper. Maybe a big yahoo in the lab, but out here they're just super cargo. If you don't want a backstroke home, you get down here. All right, you don't want to listen to me, don't listen to me. It's not a shark. 
The wire's showing. The wire's showing. Unbuckle me. Get the other side. Grab the leader, Hooper. Okay, take this run. Hooper, give the chief a hand, will you? Right. Shit. Stingray, but it's definitely a game for it. Oh! Damon Fisher, Marlin, Stingray, been through this piano wire. Don't you tell me my business again. You get back on the bridge. Boy, that doesn't prove a damn thing. Well, it proves one thing, Mr. Hooper. Proof that you wealthy college boys don't have the education enough to admit when you're wrong. And so they, uh, so the line gets let cut loose, and then Quinn's like, hey, bro, hey, chief, keep chumming along with the chum line. And then we finally see a good shot of old Bruce pops out of the water. <laughs> Very great puppet work. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was eating it. Again, like people that see it recently, they're like, oh, because you don't expect it, mm-hmm. and um, and we had the one just of those... like the ride. <laughs> yes, the ride's so. <laughs> it is exactly like the ride. It is. Rest <laughs> in peace, Jaws Universal Studios ride. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Which, fun. by the way, um, so much fun. If you go, if, if you go back to Universal Studios, at least in Florida and Orlando, mm-hmm. there is three. I know of three distinct. It, where Harry Potter is now is where Jaws used to be, or parts of Jaws used to be. They replaced it with Harry Potter. And, uh, well, I don't know, Harry Potter's pretty badass. Uh, Jaws is better, but uh, whatever. As far as rides, I, I will disagree. But they, they paid homage to uh, um, to Jaws and the Harry Potter part of Universal. There's mm-hmm. um, in the in the, the faux front, before you go into Diagon, Diagon Alley, there's a, a record store. And in one of the, one of the records on the on the rack is the the sea shanties record of like the bow-legged women, and mm-hmm. then inside the apothecary store inside Diagon Alley, there's a uh, a set of jaws, like mm-hmm. the shark's teeth. And there's some one other thing I can't remember what it, what it is. So they they acknowledge that Jaws was there and they would pay respect to. It's pretty neat. But anyway, so we see the shark finally. A good shot, good view of the shark when mm-hmm. Brady, Brady, Brody, 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 bro. Bro, I call him Bro now. Hey, come on. So Bro D mm-hmm. sees a shark and he backs away, backs to the cabin, <clears throat> and he says the most iconic line, probably in the whole film, "You're gonna need a bigger boat." Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that has become like you're gonna be a, need a bigger boat, not we, because everybody we. everybody says we. It's yeah. Your. It is often misquoted, but it is you're gonna be you're gonna need a bigger boat. Talking directly to Quint. And, and he's scared shitless. He just crapped his pants. And that's a, that, that's such a great line because it's it's transcended the movie. It's now part of national consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's now equivalent to like when I got to get over a huge problem or a huge adversity, mm-hmm. I'm going to need a bigger boat. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Slow ahead. I can go slow ahead. Come on down and chump some of this shit.
Ugh, fun line. And mm, and then it. we finally, then, he, he, then we see more of the shark now. He finally starts coming around. <laughs> and we get the first barrel pumped into him. I love the part, though, where he's like, get out there further. I gotta get a picture. Like, oh, with Hooper, what? yeah. I need something in the foreground with scale. <laughs> Hooper, Hooper's pushing Brody to go out to the, the pulpit of the boat. Yeah. And Brody, Mr. I can't stand the water. I'm on a boat trying to <laughs> chase a shark. And you want me to do what? Get the Fucked, Hooper. And Hooper's <laughs> like, God damn it, Martin. And, uh... Come on, Martin, Martin, move, move, move! I'm not going out there! Beyond the edge of the barrels! Go to the end of the barrels! Further out! What? Further out! Why? Go further out! What for? Will you go to the end of the pulpit, please? What? Will you please go to the end of the pulpit? What for? I need to have something in the foreground to give it some scale! Foreground, my ass! Your husband's all right, Mrs. Brody. He's fishing. He just got a couple of stripers. We'll bring him in for dinner. We won't be long. We haven't seen anything yet. Don't go out. I need more here. But yeah, so they, they they shoot the first barrel into him, and mm -hmm. the, this whole barrel's meant to weigh down and tire out the shark, and the, that barrel doesn't do shit. <laughs> doesn't do no. a damn thing. Nope, it's down, down for hours. Is, yes. Down for hours. And, um... They eventually get more barrels pumped into the shark. Um, mm -hmm. But before that, we have this really, in my opinion, the greatest acting in the entire film is this second speech by Quint. Ah, the Indianapolis. Yes. But before that, it's, it's set up so organically because it's just the guys the guys going back and forth trading battle oh, stories. Check their, this scar out. All the scars and the battle wounds and... And that one shot of uh, uh, Brody looking at his the third wife's demise. Is that the whole thing? Oh, oh yeah, with uh, with the with Quint. arm wrestling, arm wrestling in San Francisco. San Francisco. It won't be permanent. I want to see something permanent. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, you, you want to feel something permanent? Just put your hand underneath my cap. Just be a little lump. Knock on all on St. Patty's Day, Boston. I got that beat. I got that beat. Some moray eel. Fit right through my wetsuit. Well, nope, no. Listen, I don't know about that, but I. Entered an arm wrestling contest in Loki Bar in San Francisco. You see this? Now I can't extend that. You know why? Got to the semi-final. Celebrating my third wife's demise. Big Chinese fella, he pulled me right off. Taking samples. I got something for you. That's the thresher. You see that? Chief Thresher's tail. Thresher? That's a shark. You want a drink? Drink to your leg? I'll drink to your leg. Okay, so we drink <laughs> our legs. <laughs> Right there. Mary Ellen Moffat. 
She broke my heart. <laughs> What's that one? And Brody looks down at his waist, like I guess he's supposed to have a scar too. But he—you he, can tell he feels kind of nervous and doesn't have a contribution Probably to the like conversation. Probably like an appendix or something. Which is funny because like it's you, gotta be what it was. He was you know, you, you'd assume you, you could you could assume that this hardened cop from New York City would True. have more to boast about. Yeah. But he doesn't, or he he appears to not. Or he doesn't want to talk about him. Who knows? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he's like, you know what? I don't. I'll, I'll keep that with me. You know. I mean, I'm sure Quint didn't want. To, he did not bring up his tattoo removal. Not at first. Until Brody asked him about it. Because up to that point, it was just him and Hooper having a dick measuring contest. Yeah. And which it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch mm -hmm. them go back and forth. And, oh yeah. And then and um, Brody ruined it. Brody ruins like, it. What's that one? Hey, what's that score? And then we hear about the great travesty that was the USS Indianapolis, which is a real ship in World War II that really went down. And no one knew about it until that movie came out. And. Uh, <laughs> Well, I didn't know. I, I was born. Honestly, I was like, born ten years after this. That's movie the came first. Out. <laughs> I guarantee that's like the first time most people ever heard of it was when they watched Jaws. And but you know it's it's a harrowing story. Like so, I I, I was um, reading more how how Robert Shaw, who plays Quint, <clears throat> was drunk in most of his scenes. Mm -hmm. But they tried to shoot that one scene in the old his old method way of being drunk, and it wasn't working. So he played with Spielberg to. Uh, to to uh, um, he tried again the next day when he was sober. Mm -hmm. He did one take, and that's the scene they used the shot they used in the movie, and um, that's awesome. And I, I love that interview they had of Richard Dreyfus, who plays Hooper. Who, if you watch again, Hooper's face, mm -hmm. but this time, unlike Hooper's face, how you watch him when he's doing the autopsy, if you watch Hooper's face in this scene, it's Richard Dreyfus reacting. Not Hooper. Yeah. Because he was like, he said in the interview, he was just so blown away by the, how the story was told. And it, it still gives me chills. Like, like, oh, yeah. When I watched that, when I watched this one scene in Jaws, even this, even, it even trumps the scene with the father and the son at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. Like, I turn off everything. Like, yeah. people are talking, shut your mouth. I'm watching this scene right like, Last night when I was watching it, I was folding laundry for a long time in the, in the end of the movie, and I stopped and sat down and watched that part. Yeah. Like, and then when he was done and the shark was like rocking the boat and stuff, then I was like, okay, I can go back to Right, yeah. Doing, I can go back to folding underwear. So, so Quint tells <laughs> this fucking kick-ass story that ends in tragedy and, and mm -hmm. really ties in his th – it, 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 it seals the deal – and it's the final knot in his whole, like you, I'm Captain Ahab. You know he's going down with the ship. You, you, yeah. yeah. And, and you know he has this, he has Vendetta this. Vendetta against sharks. Yeah. Too. That's why he's got all those shark jaws and he's the shark hunter, man. Because he's like, fuck these sharks. 30 years later. They he killed got hundreds of my friends. Giant ship chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into our side, Chief. He was coming back from the island of Tinian to Lady. Just delivered the bomb, the Hiroshima bomb. Eleven hundred men went into the water. The vessel went down in twelve minutes. 
Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13-footer, you know? You know that when you're in the water, Chief? You tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. Well, we didn't know. Was our bomb mission had been so secret. No distress signal had been sent. They didn't even list us overdue for a week. Very first light, Chief. Sharks come cruising. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. You know, it's kind of like old squares in a battle, like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo, and the idea was, shark comes to the nearest man, that man, he start pounding and hollering and screaming, and sometimes the shark go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then, oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red, and in spite of all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in, they rip you to pieces. You know, by the end of that first dawn, lost a hundred men. I don't know how many sharks, maybe a thousand. I don't know how many men, the average six an hour. Thursday morning, Chief, I bumped into a friend of mine, Herbie Robinson from Cleveland. Baseball player, Bosun's mate. I thought he was asleep. Reached over to wake him up. Bobbed up and down in the water. It was like a kind of top. Upended. Well, he'd been bitten in half below the waist. Noon the fifth day, Mr. Hooper, Lockheed Ventura. So as he swung in low and he saw us, he was a young pilot, a lot younger than Mr. Hooper anyway. He saw us and he come in low. And three hours later, a big fat PBY comes down and start to pick us up. You know, that was the time I was most frightened, waiting for my turn. I'll never put on a life jacket again. So oh, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out, the sharks took the rest, June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. Which is funny because you think about that and you think, why is he feeling like, why does he feel like that knowing full well that sharks are just doing what sharks do? Mm -hmm. They don't, it's not personal. They, they yeah. see feet in the water like, hey, snack time. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so the same thing can be said about Moby Dick and how Cat and Ahab just lost his fucking mind trying to hunt his, his white whale. And it's just Quint, a whale. It's not doing anything wrong. And, but again, Quint <laughs> is... Quint, uh, he really sells himself as like this Cat and Ahab motif archetype that is just hell-bent on what he needs to do and that's mm -hmm. to kill his fucking shark. You know, I don't think he really cares about the money. 
I no. think I, I I don't know. Like it's interesting I to mean, think about ten thousand dollars now. In nineteen seventy five, was a pretty sweet paycheck. I mean, I could live with that. I'd know, take it for like a week's worth of work or yeah. whatever it was. Well, well, three to find him, ten, catch him and kill him for ten. You're right. So thirteen. There were stipulations in the contract. Yeah. And a, and a, an apricot brandy, don't, don't forget. <laughs> yeah. And so after Quinn's speech, yeah. The shark comes back, oh, and wait, he's like, we we can't forget huh? the the reason the shark came back. It well, did not care for their singing. <laughs> Shut up! It did not care for their singing. Their drunken singing. I I that's a great scene. I I just skipped out the whole Tired scene. Tired and I wanna go. What was it? Was it? Anyways, shark comes. He come. The, the shark comes back. He's and he's again not really seen. You just see the barrel and the the flashing light attached mm-hmm. to the barrel, and he starts knocking the boat over. And because he's sick of that song, and he's sick of them singing and being stop having fun, drunk man. sailors and stop having fucking fun. And then like this next day, this this next day, the last, probably the last day yeah. we have it with these guys is you know the boat's falling apart. Three barrels. The, they shoot two more barrels into the shark. He's got he's dragging three barrels behind him, mm-hmm. and Quint loses his oh, fucking if, mind. If you didn't know what the three barrels were for, they're full of air, and he can't stay underwater with three barrels. Some people don't realize that. Yeah, which is kind of funny because I like. The I have old... to explain it to people sometimes. <laughs> the, Fair. Are there barrels. Well, it's yeah. funny because like there's they one float. shot. I wonder how they do this. Like how they. Achieve this shot. There's over long, long shot over mm-hmm. top the boat of the orca, their their prestige vessel. They usually mm-hmm. capture the shark with, and you see the three barrels going towards, and it goes under. Like I wonder how they achieved that in, in oh, with the barrels going under. Yeah, I would imagine each barrel was connected to something different because I feel like you wouldn't have something that can pull three barrels under, mm-hmm. like some kind of contraption. Because they shot everything in shallow water, right? Yeah, like they, they just face away from shore every time. Uh, yeah, off the coast of Martha's Vineyard, I think for a while, for almost a like, good stretch of land or yeah. water was like thirty feet deep only. Yeah, if you could like turn the camera ninety degrees, you would see land in all, virtually every shot in the movie. And they had to be very careful where they yeah. were filming. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Quint loses his fucking mind. Quint, mm-hmm. you know, he smashes the radio. Well, so after he smashes the radio, though, and he has like. He starts to act normal, and he's like, "Well, shit, my my old school fishing methods aren't working." Yeah. Like, Hooper. He finally, yeah. Talk to me about this cage, bro. I mean, we need to. What do you got? He you laments. Got... He's like, you know what? I don't have all the all the tricks he's anymore. Like, yeah. He's like, what do you have? Do you have something that can kill this shark? Yeah. And he asks for help, basically. So it's it's just way out of character for him. I think what well, I think he was he's he went he went nuts because he was breaking so, point. Well, he was so frustrated because yeah. yeah, nothing was working that he he knew to work before. Um, so yeah, good shot. The three of those guys building up uh, uh, Hooper's shark better page. Suggestions. Got that better suggestions. And then a hard cut, building a cage. I like that. I like <laughs> that shot too. Yeah. And um, 
they lower Hooper in, and he mm-hmm. has the uh, stuff to pierce inside the jaws, the mouth of the shark to uh, pump it full of, uh, what was the stuff they're going to pump it full of? Oh, I forgot. Some name, sort of yeah. stuff to give it a heart attack or something yeah, or something. whatever. Some kind of neurotoxin. And, uh, I don't know. But then we have the fun shots of the scaled cage in, in like Australia or yeah, something. Yeah, the little person in the cage. Yeah. And uh, that's, that was terrifying. Like that one, that also got me too when he's like looking this way and a shark comes from behind. Oh, yeah. Rocks the cage really heavily. So and it's kind of a jump scare, but not really. Uh, yeah. It's not like as jumpy as a jump scare. Right. Like it's still like, oh, hello, Otto. There's my cat mm-hmm. casting hello. Well, he does that. Mm-hmm. He says he says hello, then he goes away. That's what cats do. Yeah. Is he is he laying on your feet? It's not until late no, on your feet. He's just nudging me. Okay. He's like, hey, Dick, come <laughs> pet me. <laughs> oh, he wants attention. Oh, he's he's known to do that as well. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway. We built a cage. We have a real shark twirling around on a little cage. In Australia somewhere, mm-hmm. I think it was Australia. Yeah, it was. That, that's actually in the in the end credits. They 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 mention that exclusively at the end credits about the okay. whole Australia footage. Yeah, because it was it was shot by like, he's just like some underwater filmmaker dude. Yeah, and he I just his name. helped him out, and I think he was like kind of a an advisor too on the movie. Mm-hmm. He was, and he yep, worked yep. on that, and it's just cool that they did that because it's like. The one time you like see a shark, and it's convincing. <laughs> yes, it wasn't a, a puppet. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Bruce, the bad, bad puppet. Not bad. Good for its time. It hasn't aged well. No, I mean, and if if you watch Jaws for the first time and you keep a sharp eye, you can definitely see the difference between the real shark footage. Oh yeah. And the, the it's it's sixteen millimeter. You the, can see the difference. The Bruce the Bruce footage for yeah. sure. It's a different resolution, so you can you can tell if you look closely. But yeah, I and mean that, it's 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 cool. And now we have the the orca is taking on water, the ship's taking on water, and mm-hmm. it's going down. It's Hooper's damaged. Hooper dead. Hooper. Well, they don't know what happened to Hooper. Air quotes. But he, dead. He, he has to. He escapes the cage without getting mm-hmm. eaten somehow. And and then the the next part of the movie, like the the whole rest of it, comes quick. Oh, it, like, it, la- it ends. Yeah, like, like last night when I was I was doing my laundry. I was I was folding my clothes and I like put, was putting them away and then I turned around and the movie was over, and I was like, yeah. oh, well, I got to rewind now. I, I totally missed the part. <laughs> but like, it's, it it really ramps up speed at mm-hmm. Quint's death. Yeah. When the shark he just launches, <laughs> in a really silly. That scene it always kind of cracks me up though. He's like, <laughs> oh, because it's to me. I I realize why it's so funny looking because it's like. I'm sure you can hear my teeth, but yeah. like it's just opening and closing its jaws, like really funny looking. But you know, it being a shark, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a marine biologist, but I don't believe sharks make noises. I don't know they make noises. I don't know I, that I they do growl know, or anything. I do anything. know that the great whites in nature they will jump out of the water. Yes, and that's fucking terrifying. But I mean, like when it's just sitting there chomping at the end of the boat. Well, yeah. Robert Shaw, Quint is, like, is ah, screaming and down. sliding down really slowly. I think and he could have. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean. I think he could have gotten out of that situation a little bit better. But um, it was just funny, though, because t- 
to me, it just seems so funny because you know you watch other movies like like what we'll soon talk about Jurassic Park. When an animal, a dinosaur or something is attacking a human being, you're hearing the like the, the, the growling noises and stuff like that. But it's just silence of yeah, it's, <laughs> the teeth chomping. It looks kind and, of funny. And Robert Shaw screaming terrified. Man. Just looks funny, but that's but so when Quint gets killed, it's it's a great scene, mm-hmm. but the way it's cut, it's so violent. It's violently cut, so violent. And before you know it, it's like there's not enough time, or maybe just enough time. You see him sliding down. He finally gets when he gets that first bite on his leg, and he screams, mm-hmm. and then he slides down a little bit more. He's stabbing him in the machete. His blood spurts out of his mouth, and the next scene, like. Sharks pulling him in the, in the water. And he's yeah. and it's quiet. Hard cut. He's dead. And it's it's it's, it's so creepy because it's so like shh, it's quiet silence. And but then the shark the shark's not done. He's like I'm still hungry. I still want to fuck up the rest of this boat for some reason. Yep. And one human is not enough. No. Big shark. He's got a lot of you know, a lot of calories big for the day to get through his day. Big belly. Big belly. And. Smashes through the, the the bridge of of the of the orca where that's full of water now and oh yeah that bro- thing sinks quick yes and Bernie throws the, the the spare scuba tank into the shark's mouth and the shark I don't know he like swims away and then swims back circles back circles back over it's got to regroup <laughs> you know and he doesn't let go of the scuba tank out he just spit it out and nope. swallow it nothing tastes good he likes it you know, it's like it's like a toothpick. Tasty. Yeah. You know, get some of that quint out of his teeth. It's tasty. You know. And then Brody is climbs up on that. The crow's nest. The crow's nest thing. And he is like six inches above the water. That, yeah. Like that thing is like that, going under. Yeah. It's already under. Yeah. It <laughs> it's is, gone. It's gone. <laughs> and he's got the, 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 the old M1 Garand. Yeah. The old World War II rifle. Yeah. And uh, that other great line, smile, you son of a bitch. Yep. Takes how many shots does it take? Three? At least four to five, I want to say. Four to five? It was a it was okay. a I mean, to be fair, he's firing M1 Garand in a stressed environment. He's sinking. He's in a sinking boat, he's in a crow's nest, and a shark is coming at him it's a moving target. Yeah. No, I'm not and criticizing his accuracy. I'm not criticizing his accuracy. Oh, I accuracy. am so I'm critic I'm, I'm not criticizing anything actually. I've just it's just always funny. Three is always the magic number to kill oh, something. No, it was more than three. I don't think it's it was, usually the magic I don't number. think it was more than six. I think six might have been like the cap. Well, if my video game knowledge, you know. Oh yeah. It's it's it should be seven. Oh. That little thing oh. pops out. You know. Oh, you're I think right. That's the max. Seven or eight. Seven or eight. Like that. The sweet spot mm-hmm. for that. Okay. When it ding, the little thing pops out. Yeah. There you go. There you go.
Well, anyway, Brody hits his mark. Mm-hmm. Tank explodes with a shark's head along with it. Mm-hmm. And she gets sinking corpse with blood guzzling out of it falling to the bottom of the water. And I don't care what Mythbusters says. That would happen. <laughs> it's real. Yeah, fuck the scientists. What do they know? Science. Such a nerds. Science is for idiots. <laughs> Science for idiots. <laughs> Clearly. And, uh, yeah, Hooper jumps up and uh, comes up to the surface. Fucking, he wants the Mr. Sideline guy. He doesn't want to get in the fight. He, uh, he just sits out the rest of the game until yeah, it's over with. He's like, it's cool. Hey. Are we good now? Okay, I'll, I'll come cool. out and play. Yeah, bro. I'm just kidding. He, I almost got him. I softened him up for you. He's like, he's like, he, he, Hooper's the guy who like, I loosened the lid for you. Loosened it for you, and you could bit. open it up. Good job, bro. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Hooper did well. Hooper actually had the balls to go into the cage in the first place, mm-hmm. but um, he had the balls to leave the cage. Yeah, fuck that. And hide in open water. Yeah. No, so, no, thank you. Yeah, Hooper, Hooper's got the biggest dick out of that group yeah, of guys I for would, sure. I would think so. Um, but I like, I like that one scene, the one line of dialogue. Or two, two lines of dialogue when uh, he just simply asks Brody, Quint, and Brody says no. Mm-hmm. That's all. I, I mean, that that works, man. That's just yeah. You don't need to say much more. No, you don't say anything more. Like anything. You, you know, it would have been even better if Brody just went and shook his head. Mm-hmm. That would have, but it still plays out very well. Yeah. And then they just use their little air air barrels and they just yeah. raft well, back to the shore and here we go. Yeah, and then there's just small, small talking, like chit chatting. Like, hey, what day is it? Oh, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and so it ends. All is well. All is well. Mm-hmm. Get back to shore, and, and life goes on, and then we get the best part, Jaws two. I'm kidding. Mm. <laughs> that movie was Followed awful. by uh, Jaws three D. These movies get progressively worse, and like. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like exponentially it's worse. It's got Dennis Quaid. <laughs> I don't give a fuck who's in that movie. It's fucking bad. Jaws the Revenge, where they move to the Bahamas and it follows them. I like... (laughs) You couldn't pay Roy Scheider enough money to bring him back for anything but the one he was contractually obligated to do? I like Michael Caine. Michael Caine, who was in Jaws the Revenge. Michael Caine? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. My cocaine. Yeah, you have to say it. My cocaine. Yes. My cocaine. Michael Caine, <laughs> he uh, he was asked about uh, his participation in Jaws Revenge. He's like, I've never seen it. Her is terrible, but I've seen the house it's built, and that's beautiful. <laughs> or whatever he says. Something like that. Yeah, yeah I've heard that. Um, so so what are some of the, uh, what, what stood out to you most about, about Jaws? Like, what's, as far as, like, what do you, what's your biggest takeaway from this classic? I'd say just the the influence of creating the summer blockbuster. I mean, it was shortly followed by like Star Wars, yeah. not that long after, like two years later. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, those two were the big. I mean, I can't speak for 1976. I don't really know what came out that year, but yeah. 75, 77, Jaws and Star Wars, they started it all yeah. when it came to the summer blockbuster. And it's it's funny that. I never thought of Jaws as being a horror movie either, but it's still widely considered that. Isn't that weird? It, it's weird. I mean... To me, it's an action-adventure movie. Yeah, and then, like, going back to John Williams' score, and I'm going to your point here, mm-hmm. the score, the dun-dun-dun, that's frightening, that's scary, but the score that involves 
the three leads chasing the shark when they're in the orca Love is it. very it's fantastic it's john williams Love it. but it's like pirate fantasy adventure and it's so like does not fit the motif of a monster movie or a horror movie like a, mm-hmm. a simple horror movie it's it's like like it's pulled it's it's like one of those ones from from star wars it sounds like something like that with good reason but yes yeah. i mean it's i mean obviously it's john williams but it's still like <laughs> they sound like you could you could replace one with the other and not know the difference yeah, they both fit for yeah. sure yeah. interchangeable mm-hmm. indeed um but before you watch jaws do you, can you remember a time before you watched jaws like when i was a kid yeah or whatever i mean so i don't really remember ever watching all of jaws i just remember knowing what jaws was yeah when i was a kid until i was a teenager and like i remember being like at home and watching tv and seeing oh jaws is on like tnt or something like that and i sit down and i actually i must have been 13 or 14 and i actually watched the entire movie yeah and being like I don't remember any of this. <laughs> like, so why is this movie two and a half hours long? Like, it's not even. It's like two hours. It's two and a half. It's two twenty-four. Uh-uh. Something like that. Yeah. No. Oh yeah, it's two twenty something. No. Oh yeah. No, I don't believe you. It's true. It's true. Hang on, hang on. Looking we'll, right we'll, now. We'll, yeah, I'll look too. Oh, two. Oh wow, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm an idiot. It's two 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 hours and four minutes. Okay, that's okay. So, Pretty close to two and a half. <laughs> oh, only, yeah. It's only a couple... <laughs> 26 couple minutes hundred, short. A couple hundred seconds it's off. fine. <laughs> but it's still like... I don't know. I just don't remember any of the... When I was a kid, I didn't remember anything but the shark attacks. I, you know? So that's my point because... You don't remember anything but those. Like when we would grow up, when I was growing up rather... Other it, things are boring when you're a kid. I, I, they Character are. development sucks when you're a kid. Like, no one cares about... That's about see tender, cool sweet stuff. acting moments. I almost yeah. see like the blood. And yeah. So in Ocean City, in, in Maryland, when I was growing up as a kid, we would watch Jaws. And when I was a kid, I remember two scenes. Mm-hmm. The leg, the dude's legging from Robo Guy. Yeah. And I remember Quint being killed. Those, yeah. those are the most prominent deaths that you really see, yeah. I, I want to say. I'd say the, the two things I remember most from watching it when I was a kid was the um, the tooth, the shark tooth in the boat. Cause yeah, yeah. like getting in the water at night, I oh. wouldn't, I would never do that. And even in the swimming pool, like with a little light on in the swimming pool, yeah, grandma's house, that's, that's where I went for, for my pool swimming. Cause I didn't have a pool, but like going over at night, turn the little pool light on. Mm-mm. No, that reminded me too much of the, uh, the, the little boat lights. And stuff when I was a kid. It was terrifying, scary. Yeah, sure. I mean, I would still go swimming and stuff, but only like if my cousin and like my sisters or whatever were swimming too. Right. Hell no, I wouldn't get in by myself. (laughs) I still like, even going to the beach now, like even as an adult, still like am apprehensive about like going out into the water without somebody with me. If I'm with somebody, it's cool. I'll go out and like swim around where I can't touch. It's fine. Yeah. But if I'm by my, hell no, if I'm by myself. I mean, you can go out pretty far by yourself. You're 6'3", right? You can go out it's pretty far. It's still scary because you can't see nothing. At least in Florida, you can't see nothing. No, you can't see anything. It's so dark. Up here either. It's, it's yeah. not like a pool no. where you can see straight down. It's still scary in a pool. Um, so 
when we, come, we talk about like the filmmaking process, mm-hmm. so as a as a film with many different facets that belong to it, what are some of the things that stood out to you the most that helped that this film helped to contribute to future films as far as the filmmaking process and the art form? I think the editing, the editing, the editing and the score were two of the big things because, like. I mean, I would say special effects as, as well, but the special effects didn't really work. Like, I don't know if you if you recall, like I do. Bruce, Bruce the shark did not work very well. It was a disaster. He's terrible. He he like for the shots he's in, he's great. He's, I mean, he's, today very for for then shots. for 1975, he's awesome. Uh-huh. For today, obviously, it looks fake. Yeah. But like, he like the the thing never worked. It was a nightmare on set from everything I've read and seen in videos and stuff. And they had to fix it in the editing room. Like they had to make it work with what they had and what they had was crap for most of the things involving the shark. They had, I mean, they had huge plans for that thing to make it look so cool and show it all the time. And in fact, it worked way better, you know, without showing him because very Hitchcockian you it's very suspenseful. Yeah, it's suspenseful to not see what is terrorizing you. You yeah. don't know what it is, what it looks like, how big it is, until the very end. Yeah, Verna Fields, who was the editor on this film, she she struck gold in many in many sequences. The, the one of the bang sequences that I I really admire, uh, if we're talking about the editing, is the scene on the beach with Bird in the beach watching right before. The Kittner boy gets killed. Oh, love it! And he, he always the people walking by, walking, walking, yeah. obstructing his view, and he sees a shot of a person, in, and he doesn't see him anymore. And he's, you know, he, it's it ramps and wrenches up mm-hmm. the tension so you well. You get closer and closer and closer to his it's, face. It's, it's shot, so good. It's it cuts so well. Like everything that's cut, and, and she knows when to like leave it long. Yeah, like the part in the beginning when they're on the ferry. It's long for like a couple of minutes. There's a couple of those like shots. His Annapolis or Indianapolis like monologue. Mm-hmm. One and long think, thing. You know, it, it would have been so easy to like in the, on the ferry. It would have been so easy to have like a couple over the shoulders, yeah, over the shoulder, back and forth. And but you didn't like need it. you didn't need it. You really need to see like. What was good was you had Brody on one side and you had the mayor and his entourage, mm-hmm. kind of like kind of like coming over to him, kind of like not again not, not quite bullying him, but oh, like they were, but, but like but like crowding him, like yeah. you know, getting all up in his space, and and you get that perspective. It doesn't move, and and again, it kind of puts at, in that moment of the film puts Brody in his place mm-hmm. of like, hey, you're the new guy. I don't care who you are, chief chief of police, whatever, but. This is how we do shit here. Yeah, and uh, and then the long take of, of Quint, like because the whole all of his monologues, like it, his is one of the the so, nail scratching thing. It's it not a, the complete. It's it's not a complete single shot, but I mean at least the first three quarters of it is it's that a slow push in, slow push dolly movement all the way up to his face. Like it's yeah. just him talking, and no mess ups. He's just going. He's, yeah, he's got it, and she knows to leave it on him for at least that whole first part and then to kind of show everybody's faces like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Yeah, it was, oh man. Like, the, the, it was just cut beautifully. Um, in so the, good. In the, the score, um, mm-hmm. 
the score the score is so the score is universal mm-hmm. um when people just scare other people today they'll just hum it dun, 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 you know and mm-hmm. it that's just it's it's synonymous with danger it's synonymous with death and being scared and, and sharks and sharks i mean geez you watch how many things of i mean i know it's not like that like yeah everybody knows a shark from its jaws but like the like watching shark week or something like how many episodes of a show have the word jaws in the title air jaws or whatever with the sharks that jump out of the water like you know crap like that everything has jaws in the name they use i'm sure they use some variant of the of the song you know it's it's always out there somewhere the t-shirts with the with the cat that has it's it's, it's, the cat shirt that's like the jaws poster yeah, it's infested pop culture. Pause. That's what it was. Pause. Yeah, Pause. right, right, right. P A W S. So it's okay. Guess without looking. Guess the budget. Oh, the budget of Jaws. Oh, hmm. uh, five mil. Higher. Hmm. Fifteen. Oh, lower. Ten. Lower. Six. Nine. Oh, nine. So okay. the budget for Jaws was nine okay. million dollars. So. What did what was its return? Do you guesstimate? <laughs> Do you opening weekend or overall? Overall, overall, um, and nineteen seventy five dollars. Just probably. These these are absolute daughters, do- dollars. So yeah. I mean, I don't know, eight hundred thousand, eight hundred million. I mean. Oh no, no, no! Nineteen seventy five. That's that was. You're being very generous. Am I? No. I uh, uh, it was. Uh, um, had excuse me 470 million mm. almost 471 i mean but what's that I, today again i don't I, just for inflation i couldn't tell you i don't have that conversion calculator in front of me but i got you but think about that like against a nine million dollar budget a but a movie with a great score and special mm-hmm. effects and all these things you know robert shaw and roy Scheider Scheider were already pretty respectable actors uh richard Dreyfus wasn't in hot demand he was up and coming um but it was just so it's just so crazy like the return that this movie made on itself what do you have um it looks to be hold on tell me oh okay i was reading it wrong it says uh what cost 400 you said 475 470 470 okay so i, I put in 475 i've Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Four hundred seventy-five million dollars in nineteen seventy-five would get you around. Hold on, that's a lot of two point three billion dollars. Holy shit! Yeah, that's crazy. So I guess you could say about two point two something. That's a lot of money. Billion. That's like Avatar level. That's yeah. Vastly more than Avatar. I thought Avatar was in two. No one's billion. broken two. I don't think. And like. Like as far as initial run, I in think the box office? Avengers is the highest with like the Endgame one. It was like one point oh. eight. Did Avatar fun? Did Avengers beat oh, Avatar? They did. Yeah, that was like the big thing, right? Yeah, they made a final push. And so re-released, like with that with the deleted scene thing at the end. So cumulative Avatar box office to date was two point seven nine mm. billion. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I thought I thought wrong. And then mm. well. But let's look up Endgame. You just 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 because we're you know 
Well, Endgame definitely is the number one. I know that. It is. I'm just curious what... Uh, let's see here. We there's a big it's a big papa. So two point eight. It it okay, just so it was the two point eight. It was, just creeped over off. the line. I was off by a billion dollars. That's okay. I was but close. also like that was against a budget of three hundred and fifty six million. Yeah. So but I mean I mean it's still like no small potatoes, two point eight billion dollars. I mean, Jesus it's Christ. no Blair Witch project, but it's pretty good. <laughs> no, as far as like differentials, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing beats that thing. No. Um but yeah, but it ties back to like the birth of the, of the blockbuster. Yeah. And you know, people are like, "What's a blockbuster?" Like when people would fucking line up around the block, waiting to, to get in. Busting up blocks. Busting, busting all. Busting blocks. all up. That's where we got blockbuster movies, blockbuster video blockbuster. from. Oh. We wouldn't have had blockbuster video if it weren't for Jaws. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Blockbuster video. It's still around in Alaska. I thought. There's or one did, le- did it close? No, there's one left. that was in Oregon. Well, there's one in one Alaska. One blockbuster. Because John John uh, Oliver sold uh, or gave them, uh, he purchased in auction um, Russell Crowe's underwear from the movie uh, Cinderella Man, and then gave it to them to put on display. Was that on his show? It was on uh, 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 last week tonight. Last week tonight. I love that show. Love it. So and then funny. in turn, Russell Crowe named the uh, what was it the the koala syphilis ward. After John Oliver at some <laughs> zoo in Australia, it was, yeah. it was hilarious. Seems, seems justified. If you didn't know, koalas have syphilis. A yeah, lot of, all a of, lot them, of them, I think. A right? lot of them, if yeah. not all of them. That's fucking crazy. What would you change about Jaws, though? If you if 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 you had if you could play God in the film industry and you could adjust mm. for better or worse, what would you? I mean, not much. Not much. I mean, like all the things that you don't like about the movie are things you're supposed to not like about the movie. Like the mayor mm-hmm. and like things like like him, you hating him is a good, re- it's a good thing. It means yeah. he's, he's doing a damn good job on his acting and stuff. So it's like, I don't, I can't think of there being anything that I would really change. I don't think so. It's one of those films where it's like, it's almost perfect it's it perfect it's one of those like i have a very very exclusive list of films that i consider to be perfect i don't know anybody that hates jaws yeah. outside of oh it scares the crap out of me i hate it like you know outside of that like, yeah nobody hates it not that i know of anyway it's it's very hard to i would assume it's very hard to find a person who would watch who would Sit through Jaws, not be distracted, watch the whole film, and walk away saying that's that's a bad movie. I, yeah, I'd be hard pressed to find that person. I yeah. never met that person. You could take a phone away from somebody, sit them down, and make them watch the movie without looking away. Yeah, yeah. Um, you would, they would like it. They, I, it's might not be their favorite movie, but they would enjoy themselves. I, that's that's my point about this movie is you know, talk about rewatchability and. Like this thing was preserved by Congress. Every couple months, I watch it. <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 worth it's worth the time investment to watch it. The two hours and four minutes yeah. again, you know, it, Congress preserved this preserved this movie in two thousand one, um, and I, I I totally can see why it's one of those best things that kept that came out of the last century of filmmaking. Yeah, um, I mean. That's one of those movies like where it, literally any time it pops into my head where like I see a reference of it in a movie or TV show or someone's talking about it at work or whatever, 
I will go home and watch it that week. Whether I watch it that night, I don't know, but I, I'm going to watch it that week. I will go home and watch it if it pops into my head because I love that movie. And that's what's so good because some, some movies you watch again because of nostalgia or like, oh, I liked it when yeah. I was a kid. And it's fun to watch movies again and discover new parts about the film. But this film, like you said, you know, like I saw a website that had like reimagined movie posters mm-hmm. and had like all kinds of all the other classics and had Jaws on there. And the, the reimagined Jaws one was on the umbrella stands on the beach the the different parts of the umbrella stand were shaped in dorsal fins hmm. and i'm like that's fucking brilliant that's, nice. that's fucking clever it's, yeah. it's really neat and yeah. so i went home and mm-hmm. i watched jaws because mm-hmm. because that was enough to motivate me to go back to a film that has so many iconic scenes of acting and a great score and a great you know I think the theme of this movie is is man's attempt to wrestle with nature and understand mm-hmm. nature and know that nature has its course of action, it has its place, and we have to respect the boundaries nature has. You know, when you, when you say that, I find it interesting that, like, they didn't really play up the whole, like, that you see a lot in movies today, especially, like, in a creature feature like this kind of thing, mm-hmm. where there's a big monster or an animal of some kind that's attacking people or whatever. There's always the one, you know, the one side, who, oh, we need to kill it, we need to kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. And the other side, no, no, we need to research it. We need to save it. We yeah. need to look at it and preserve it. Like, that's not happening in this movie, even with right. Hooper. He doesn't care if you kill that thing. Like, isn't yeah. that interesting? It is. He just more, he's, he's marveled at it. Well, even in, like, um, he's, he's, a, a, a peer movie, like Alien, like, came out in the same decade, like, a two, couple, four, four, years, four later. years later, 79. Yeah. yeah. And the whole, like, intertwined theme of that was like you know the the company wants to keep it the way the new tiny core went yes, to free, that's right that's what, they want Wayland to capture and they want to yeah use yeah. it for military intelligence and weaponry and it's just like seeing movies like that because like, it's always a thing whether it's an alien movie or monster movie or whatever somebody wants to keep it and somebody wants to kill it they didn't use that at all and no they just and kept it right to the point like it's just interesting it was like man versus beast yeah and man versus nature and um, in my in my interpretation of how I, I view art and how I view film, it's 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 how we interpret our fears, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of ways it's fear of the unknown because we don't see the shark a whole lot. It's mm-hmm. fear of the water, of drowning, yeah. of death, and yeah, and and then death itself, like of course, um, and 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 why is the fear of death? Is it's like the shark? It's something we can't control. It we can't control. We can't control death. We can't control nature, and mm-hmm. that's that's what's really scary to us. But it's also gripping because we can relate to it. Mm-hmm. I feel. Anyway, that's my uh, my yeah. deep Socrates take. You're not wrong. <laughs> On Jaws. Um, how about we get into some ratings, man? What do you think about that? Uh, perfect score. Perfect score. I believe flawless victory is the term. Yes, I'm yes. Lo- you're looking for? I'm looking for a flawless victory. I, I, I would agree. I give this Jaws a flawless victory. It's it's perfect. Uh, I, yeah. I, It's perfect for its time. It, it holds up. It's timeless. Even, like, the biggest critique I could give this film was, like, the effects. And even then, I'm like, I still deal with it. They I, did the best with what they had, and it worked awesome. And I I, I still get, I still jump when he comes out of the water, and he, 
like yeah. bumps the cage from, from behind Richard Dreyfuss's character. Like it works because the effects didn't work. <laughs> also true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is definitely a flawless victory for me. Um, a plus, just yeah, I mean, perfect. If you don't own it, you should. It's a shame if you don't. Shame on you for not owning it. I think I have this on DVD and I have multiple copies Blu-ray. as well. <laughs> Digital, Blu-ray, DVD. I, well, I used to have the DVD till Thornhill stole it. That's besides the point. I'll, I'll edit his name now. No, that's <laughs> no, fine. I let him have all my DVDs. Any uh, any closing closing remarks? Are you have you said all you need to say about the Spielberg I mean, classic? I think I've said my piece. It's the start of a a living legend in filmmaking, really? Because, I mean, the Sugarland, whatever it was called, movie? Sugarland Express? Sure, it was his first movie, but it really was it really his first movie? It was his first feature. feature. It was a TV movie, though. No, no that was, was a feature it? movie. He did, like, a three, two or three TV movies before that. Oh, I thought it was a TV movie, but no. either way, it wasn't, like, really where he started. I mean, it was... But was it that, though? No, Jaws put him on the map. Yeah, Universal Pictures. They they and, liked him. It was like Universal liked him, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, kid, we'll let you try it." Because all the directors back then were old as hell. And, and yeah, he young spirit. That's what he what he knew Hollywood, baby. He gave them, you know, Raiders of Lost Ark soon enough, and and I mean he E. T. and from there on he just. If I'm not mistaken, it was like Spielberg started the young Hollywood. With like, he started it all. Cause did anybody else have movies that came out before him? Like beside of the, of the Brian De Palma, George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, yes. Martin Scorsese. So, who, so who came out first? Coppola made Godfather one and two before. Oh, Jaws. both of them were before yes. Jaws. So, so oh, Coppola. I thought, I thought two was. Coppola already had two best pictures under his belt before yeah, Jaws well, came out. Jaws is still better. <laughs> besides hey. the point. Difference, uh, apples and oranges on, on, the, on that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Godfather 1 and 2 as well. Um, cool, man. So uh, anything you want to plug before we, uh, we cut out of here? I have no pluggables other than my next episode about Jurassic Park. Unless that one comes out first, then, <laughs> then I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys, stay tuned. We will be talking about Jurassic Park soon enough. Um, and I want to thank John for coming out and chatting Jaws with me. I had a great time. Um, if you haven't seen Jaws, you need to go see it immediately. So, all right, guys, till next time. Thanks a lot. There you have it, folks. Thanks for checking us out and making it all the way to the end. I'd like to thank John for coming out and hanging out with me. Next time, John and I continue our discourse on man versus nature, where we tackle another Spielberg masterpiece, Jurassic Park. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn on Spotify or wherever you hear podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and let us know what you think of the show and what you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. Please give us a rating and spread the word. I hope you're having as much fun on here as I am. Until next time, take care, guys.